Hey everybody, I'm back. This is Trainwreck, and allegedly, I am Dustin Zahn. It's been a while. For those of you who don't know, I started this show approximately eight years ago. I took a break after a death in the family, and uh, I just never came back. It's no exaggeration when I say that people would ask me weekly if the show was ever coming back. And truth be told, uh, I can't stand the sound of my own voice. Being on the microphone is its own special kind of hell, and eight years kind of just went by like that. The world has gone to complete shit since then, but it turns out that techno is somehow bigger and more controversial than it has been in a long time. But hey, the kids are still partying. They're out there canceling each other every week over some new social cause. Uh, they can order any drug they want on Telegram, and mom and dad are still funding the operation. They're going out having the best nights of their life dancing in the Kylie Minogue Psytrance edits. It's kind of like Drake once said, uh, what a time to be alive. Meanwhile, I've been dealing with my old ups and downs in life. Uh, the one issue that's been made public, because I don't really like to reveal my shit online, is many of you are aware of. My studio was robbed back in the summer of 2022 now. Uh, that was terrible. Certainly a top five shittiest moment in life type thing. For those of you who don't know, yeah, my studio was robbed. I lost everything. It sucked serious amounts of ass, and I kind of had to start over. For those of you asking... No, I didn't get anything back, uh, so you don't need to ask anymore. I know people mean well and they genuinely care, but we don't need to bring it up as it's a sore subject when I'm out trying to have a good time with my friends. It's kind of like, you know, if you say, hey, how's your dead dog? But, you know, listen, there's good news. Uh, Mike Durr, an old friend of mine, he started to GoFundMe shortly after this stuff went down, and... Uh, I don't know. I was really reluctant at the time. I really feel like GoFundMe's should really be for things besides buying synthesizers and shit, like people whose house burned down or cancer or something like that. So I was super reluctant to to take it. And I was kind of just going to let it expire and let the money go back to everybody. And after kind of talking it out and reasoning through things and knowing that there was no way I was ever going to climb my way back through the debt that I had on all this stuff, I thought, fuck it. Let's go for it. So I took the GoFundMe, and, uh, you know, it really helped start to rebuild my studio, and I replaced some things that uh, I had before. Other things were kind of vintage and way more expensive and harder to get, so I didn't do that, but got into some new things, and uh, apparently I got some new podcast gear. I thought, well, I want to, you know, try and repay people somehow. How are you going to do that? I thought, should I do sample packs? I already did a few of those, and I don't know. There's enough people sampling out there. Okay, do I do free EPs or uh, you know free albums or something? And it's like, well, we know how that goes. Even if the music really is good, if it's free, people just automatically assume it's shit. And I just didn't want to put out music for the sake of putting it out, and you know, not give out my best stuff or whatever. So I just didn't know what to do. None of it sounded appealing, and you know. None of it really seemed like a proper thank you. So I figured as a proper thank you, I've decided to restart the podcast since so many people are asking about it. It's going to be the same unprofessional format as before, probably less drinking because I'm older and more boring now. But I'm going to try and give this a go for a year. It'll be tough as life is a lot more busy and complex than it was back in the day, but I'm going to try my best to do it weekly. If I falter here or there, you're just going to have to deal with it. After that, you know, in a year, I don't know, maybe I'll pull the plug. Maybe I'll try to monetize it. I don't really know. 
there are some promising guests coming up. They're all brave souls. You know, getting on the microphone isn't easy. For a lot of DJs, it's pretty nice to sit back and let the music do the talking. And, you know, if you try to play a record and it doesn't work out well, you can be like, hey, it's not my fault this record sucks. Uh, so it's really easy to just kind of hide behind things. But when you're on the microphone, everything is completely obvious. So getting convinced, convincing people to come on the show is really difficult, uh, surprisingly. But I did convince some people, and uh, some of the discussions have been really cool so far, so I'm happy to share those. I'm going to try and do my best to try and balance out the background of guests on the show. It's something that came up a lot during the first time, especially regarding women. I tried, I, you know, I got a long list that I've emailed everybody and, uh, or, you know, text message or whatever, and some agreed to it, some didn't, and some postponed. What are you going to do? Anyway, I am aware I'm making an effort, and some of it might not be enough for some of you, but hey, I'm trying. I don't know what more to say beyond that. Anyway, I hope you enjoy what's in store. Thank you very much for donating to the GoFundMe. It really does help a lot. Uh, you'll start hearing the results of all that pretty soon. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm working on new music, so that's cool. Uh, if you didn't donate to the GoFundMe, don't worry about it. Don't need any more money. Just enjoy the show. Tell a friend, tell a promoter, whatever. July 26th to July 28th, we're doing a festival called The Great Beyond, a couple hours outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota. If you're in America and want to come out to something really cool, or if you're flying in from another country that's even cooler, uh, yeah, we're going to get together out in the woods and listen to some really wild psychedelic techno and house music. Uh, it's the fourth, the fifth year now. What? Fourth year? Yeah, fourth year now. You know, you guys keep demanding that it happens, so we do it. It's, uh, it's kind of a pain in the ass to put on, but it's always worth it. It's a really special vibe. You got to make it out, you know. There's no sponsorship. There's no hedge fund investors. We're paying for this all out of our own pocket. We're talking about generational, life-destroying debt that we take on just to book all this crazy techno music. It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, I think we're working our way out of that slowly, and it's going to be a good time. One price gets you in the door. It gets you free parking, free camping, free shuttle. If you say, fuck camping, I want to stay at the hotel. We'll pick you up and drop you off at the hotel. We got a cheap airport bus if you fly about it. You know what I'm saying? You're probably saying, Minnesota, there's no fucking way I'm going to Minnesota in the summer. There's tons of mosquitoes. Well, guess what? I got to sit out there with all my homies for a week, and we got to build this stuff up and tear it down. There's no way I want to deal with the mosquitoes either. So we nuke those fuckers. Uh, You get out there, and it should be fairly and fly free which is pretty great uh so check it out it's gonna be good bring some deet anyway because you never know it is minnesota uh it's worthwhile man we got alton boss bmg centrific clarissa kimsky daniel bell detroit techno militia dj hyperactive dj fatty myself ggfm lindsey herbert lone front lychee jay york neil Overland, Polygonia, Rue, Rodhod, Sandrin, Sean J. Wright, Sterek, that's Steve Rockmod, Turning in Sound, and of course, Wada Igarashi. If that isn't enough, we got two other stages, one which is more of like a chill-out type vibey thing, and of course, the communion stage, which focuses on some of the coolest and upcoming regional and domestic acts in the country. All in all, we got two dozen headliners and about another 70 additional acts. 
Music starts Friday at, uh, I think, noonish or something. I don't even have the notes in front of me for my own party. And it ends Sunday night at 10 p.m. It just, we go nonstop. That's how it goes, man. There's always a time for you. If you're into housey shit during the day, you're covered. If you're like, listen, I need to sleep during the day, but I want to rock out with my dong out on Sunday night or Saturday night, whatever, you got that too. So uh, come out. It's going to be a good time. You got no reason to do it. If you say, man, I hate festivals, get it. I hate festivals too, but this one's a little different. It's not, you know what? It's not even a festival. It's like a camp out. It's a party. It's a good time. You don't really have to worry about anything. I'm telling you right now, book the tickets, come out, and you'll never regret it. If you do come up and talk to me, we'll have a talk and we'll figure it out. Have a good one. So you're thinking, yeah, Zahn, that's all fine and dandy, but listen, I'm already committed to the movement festival in Detroit. That's where my money's going. I don't have any more money to invest into your bullshit. Listen, we got you covered, all right? We're doing it in Detroit, too. Friday night at Leland City Club, Metaphysica. I think it's the third or fourth edition now, and we got a banging-ass lineup. Uh, There's no excuse. If you're coming in Friday night, you got to make this your first stop. We're teaming up alongside Blank Code. You know, they're famously doing the Sunday night party with the Observe Boys out in L.A. So, you know, if you like our sort of on-brand psychedelic techno stuff and uh, everything in between, it's definitely the stop to check out when you're in Detroit. Tickets are on sale now at Resident Advisor. And uh, that's it. This week's guest, what can I say? We can only relaunch this show the way that it started. David Flores, a.k.a. Truncate, is back. It would be amazing to have Drum Cell on the show again, but our schedules just aren't lining up right now. He will be around, though. Um, if you haven't heard of Truncate, then you really got to get out more. If you have and you love his tracks, you know what's up. If you don't love his tracks, then maybe you'll learn to love him for the kind soul that he is. I'm just going to ignore the fact that he stormed the Capitol on January 6th, but we'll leave that out. Yeah, actually, I better leave that out. I can't say that shit. Anyway, I'll edit that out later. All right, I've been speaking enough, and uh, I'm losing my mind in the process, so let's just get on with the show. Have a good one. All right, buddy, welcome back to the show. Hey, hello, hello. Kampai. Kampai. Yeah, so you were the first, uh, along with Mo, you were the first guest on the first go-around, so it just works out that you happen to be doing it this time around, too. Yeah, man. When's, actually, when was the last time I was on the show? I mean, the show was eight years ago. Or what was the started. last time that I was with Mike G, right? Uh, I don't know. Was you it? were on a bunch, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember right now before we started. I was like, when was the last time? Like 2018, maybe? Yeah, let's let's take a look real quick here. Um, but the first one was with me and Mo when we got exactly, trashed. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, we got hammered then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with Hyper and Mike oh, G. Oh, JoJo. That's number right. 48, yeah. But what year was that? I think like 20... 2018, maybe? Something like that. Anyway, it's been a long time. Been a minute. I mean, I've been seeing you ever since, though, but yeah. Exactly. Doing the show. Had to take a little break. Uh, Yeah, so we got a few topics to cover here today. Um, We're going through the news a bit. What do you want to start with, Gaza or communal underwear? Ah, dude, underwear. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wait, where, where was the communal underwear thing? Why does that ring a bell? 
Well, okay, so let me pull it up here. I know it's from something that I've heard about. So until 2001, workers at Disneyland had to wear communal underwear while in character because normal underwear would bunch up and become visible. So after several public outbreaks (laughs) of lice, the performers got the Teamsters Union involved to finally agree that employees could wear their own underwear. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, man. Like, that's fucking nasty. But, like, how long do they wear it and... I mean, I suppose eight hours. Eight hours, You know, and it's like you're in those fucking costumes, like Goofy the dog out in like summer, L.A. summer sun. That's just swamp. Swamp Swamp ass. Swamp nuts and swamp ass. Totally. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. And then they got the Teamsters involved. They went from like Jimmy Hoffa to public lice. That's crazy (laughs) 20-year span. But wait, lice down there? Is that? Well, it's like crabs, essentially, right? Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Which is like you don't hear much about that these no, days, which not is really. good because not much people have hair down there. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true, but it's like I don't know. We know some seedy ass people in this nightlife industry. We've been part of it for twenty plus years, and I've never really had to hear a story about it yet. Somehow Disney World is where it's going down, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You would think you hear about more in a party in a party setting or something like that, exactly. Right? So that's kind of fucking oh, that's bizarre, funny. man. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Damn. Who knows, who knows Disney was grimy like that, dude? Dude, it, it gets out there. <laughs> what about the Apple Vision? Have you seen that lately? I've been seeing some memes pop up here and there, but I don't know much about it. But I, I don't I think know if it's real or not. So like, yeah, I've seen, it's real. No, no, but I'm saying the videos I've seen, like people are like walking on the str- down the street, like yeah. looks like they're like typing in the air. I'm like, this, they got to be doing that just for just for the hell of it on the on for video. But well, yeah, is that, or is that the real? Is that how That's it's supposed to be? Like there's the uh, there's the old Simpsons joke with the police chief. He's like, I'm just going to type it up on my invisible oh, typewriter, yeah. and that's what they have now. Yeah. But Which, like, is it is it it's augmented reality, right? So you're walking, yeah. you can see what's happening, and then there's like a some overlay of whatever. Exactly. That's so weird. So like, if you're in the kitchen and right above that pot of uh, whatever, you the can recipe. like put a timer there, and then you turn oh. your head, and the timer stays just hovering above that pot. But how dumb would you look? Well, you look <laughs> dumb as fuck because you work. You were in ski goggles, yeah. essentially. You just like walking around. Like, imagine you just go. You just get on the train. And there's someone just standing there with goggles on. Just like, totally, and on, they're just kind of like miming in the air and <laughs> yeah. shit, you know. And like, uh, the only cool thing that I saw utilized for was this one guy was working out in the garage on his car and some engine, and he like turns his head and he like is following along with some YouTube tutorial video, and then he turns and then he can like do. Do the same steps. Yeah, in that I could time. see. I could see but how it can be helpful. Do we really need a thirty-five hundred dollars headset for that shit? Is that how much know. it costs? Yeah, man. Holy shit, dude! And battery life portable. It's like two hours at best. Wow. And then otherwise, they're like, you got to keep it plugged into the walls. You just, it just so you're gonna stand by the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, wait, I'm in the middle of something. I have to go plug in real quick. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like I like the idea of it, but it's just not gonna. It's work. too early. Totally. I think it's the same with like self-driving electric cars. It's like the, the, the technology is still too new where it's still going to, people are going to take advantage of it and they're totally. going to fuck something up, you know? Uh, there was this, uh, what was, did you see that Netflix movie where the world was ending recently? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the Leave the world behind or something yeah. like that. The fucking coolest part of the movie is just these Teslas that keep rear-ending yes, each other. Dude. I'm like, I just want a loop of that the whole time. It's hilarious. But it also makes you wonder, like, damn, can that really happen? Can someone, oh, totally. like, hack all these Teslas just to drive off a cliff? And <laughs> like, uh, Imagine you're just driving know. with your family and just someone hacks your Tesla. Like, oh, I'm going to make you run off the fucking road. Like, 
I mean, listen, man, <laughs> Apple Maps is a piece of shit, and people are doing it, so I feel like it's got to be possible. Nah, I'm a Google Maps user. Yeah, me too. But, Never like, <laughs> I, you know, when I was in L.A. last time, like, my Google Maps, it would flip out and keep changing directions nonstop. Yeah, yeah. I was driving to San Diego, which it's not that it's one stretch, basically. Yeah. And it's still somehow telling me to drive into the fucking ocean. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, happened to me. <laughs> so I, I tried Apple Maps, and that's that's worse, but. Yeah. Nah, nah. But you know that's the next step. So like with the VR, like it's they're going to be selling you the Apple windshield for your car, you know. <laughs> but is the is the VR like you can buy it now? Like it's, it's available. Now out, it's, yeah. it's out now. Okay, it's not it's not like some testing phase. Because was there a testing phase? I'm you, sure you would was, think but... it would, there would be leaked versions of it, like the phones, where someone would get a hold of it and be like, "Look, I'm walking around with this Apple headset." I mean, you know, they, they've been leaking stories about that headset for years but nobody really saw it and that's what i mean like, yeah but they, they they're probably the, just walking around the campus and shit yeah i guess that's true but you would you would think they would you would see people in reality like out in the world trying it out because that's you where people so. are going to be using and not just on some campus yeah. where it's like closed and uh you can monitor everything you know like no Let's totally. get someone to be like walk in traffic with it, you know. It just it looks so big and bulky, you know. They have like the Ray Bans and stuff they do it now. They call them glass holes. <laughs> Jesus. But at least that stuff's more stylish than walking around with the Yeah. But glass. like what happened to Google Glass? Remember that? Wasn't that well, supposed to be that I, version of like a way cooler looking version of it? I think it's just one of those things where uh it stops like people just shoot it down. Like Google's oh, failed it, so much. Like remember they had Buzz and all this like social. That Buzz was like a social Buzz, network. I don't remember that? I think it was, it was Google like, Plus. No, wasn't that their social? There was thing? that. There was all kinds of shit that they had. Buzz, I don't remember. But um, I I remember the whole concern with Google Glass was like you can just literally walk around and just take photos of people and take videos of them without them knowing. Yeah, that's, I mean, which you can do now on your phone, but it's like way more discreet with the glasses i guess you can just stand there and just be a creep and videotape people <laughs> i think that was one of the main problems yeah because like come on bro like let me give me some privacy at least but i guess there's no privacy when you're in public you're in public you know yeah totally i mean that's just going to be the reality going forward you know eventually there's going to be like the ones that like they go into your uh the eyeballs your, like, oh, the like, a, like a contact and shit lens like that oh, like that one sure, um uh what's that uh the black mirror where the two dudes start banging each other on the tech oh, and the video, video game, game thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, like an avatar kind of a thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man, we're going downhill, dude. Big time. <laughs> Before that happens though, you've been on a road quite a bit lately since the world opened back up. Yeah. I mean, shit, if we're going to go back that far, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty nice. Uh, getting back to Europe. I mean, we'll, when did Europe up? 2022? So it's, this is like two years much, since yeah. the pandemic, since I've been back in Europe. We had a false start in like 2021. Yeah. yeah. And it sucked because like uh, <clears throat> my last album came out around that time and I was starting to get some cool gigs. And I, I thought the world, I thought I was never going to DJ again because a lot of us kind of maybe felt that way. Yeah. It was pretty fun. I'm like, this is cool. The album comes out and literally a week after my album came out, they shut down Germany again and you know, other parts of Europe, and it was like, fuck, I think it wasn't until maybe March or something, 2022. Yeah, it was March. Opening yeah. Because what, when it opened up for a little while, what was it, for like a month or something? It, wasn't long, it was like October, it was like, November well, it, or something I, I, like that. I want to say it was like in the summertime, but then you get like one or oh, two months after people actually started going Oh, well, because when it got cold is when shit got worse again. That's yeah. what it was. But it's crazy because, you know, just this week, my tax accountant <laughs> was asking about some something about 
COVID relief money that I supposedly got in 2021. And it feels like a fucking lifetime ago. Dude, it's three years now. It's yeah, like on a way in a way it's like, wow, it was three years ago. And then on the other hand, it's just like, um, it was only three years ago. It just it's a weird time warp. It yeah, dude. I mean, well, I think back to twenty twenty when everything first happened, and it's like, damn, that's four years ago now. It was like February. Actually, the last time I played Bergheim well, the last time I played Bergheim before the pandemic was February twenty twenty when we all played. Was uh, that when it was? Yeah, it was February. Really? Yep. Okay. So I was like, that's four years ago. And four years, I mean, even though it doesn't sound like a long time, but four years ago is like a long time now. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you get older, that time yeah, makes man. a fucking difference, dude. I right? have less hair. You have more gray hair. I have more gray hair, but I'm still, I'm hair over them. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. But since you've been back on the road, I mean, does it feel kind of like old times or still an adjustment or? It's, it's definitely different, man. Um, like the whole new generation just kind of popped up over the pandemic and obviously music tastes change and the scene has changed quite a bit, but it, in the beginning it felt weird to get back to everything, but it didn't take long for it to feel like normal again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like getting back on the plane coming back to Europe, you know, seeing the homies in Berlin, it was just like everything started to feel super familiar really quickly. And now it just feels like completely back to normal besides the scene being different, you know? Totally. But like, yeah, all, you know, going through, you know, going to airports and just all that shit is just like, damn, okay, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Well, as we were talking about and bitching about earlier today, it's been a little crazy in Europe, especially in Germany. There's like strikes nonstop right now. All yeah, the and DJs I just missed are, it. Yeah, you <laughs> it just luckily missed, you lucky. by a week, right? Yeah. Or no, well, not even because in, in Cologne, the trains that were- was Thursday. Yeah. I mean, like- No, you know, Friday- f- Technically yeah. Saturday morning because my gig in Cologne was Friday night and they said three in the morning Saturday was when they opened the uh, the trains back again. And literally I was playing from two to five at Gavobe and after about three o'clock in the morning, the club filled up more, which made sense. And there was like, when I left at five, I'd say to like 5.30, there was a line and there's a queue at the door after at five in the morning. So I was like, all right, this trains are back. And luckily it wasn't the the long distance trains because then I would have been screwed. I would have to get a I guess a flight totally from Cologne to Berlin. And, and lucky, good luck with that shit. Too. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Fuck. But regardless of that, my train was delayed anyway. <laughs> yeah, I had to wait an for hour, his ass. an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> got a little late. I tell you what, man, we got a late dinner last night. I, I, you know, you get older and eating late, fucking. It didn't mess me. Oh, because yeah. I'm on. I guess because of my You're jet lag. So schedule, yeah. yeah. So my it didn't really mess with me too much. Yeah. Also, since then, you started a label. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When did you start it? WorkTrack started in 2020. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then well, oh, also Truncate, Truncate Digital. Truncate Digital, yeah, it started 2020. Um, yeah, I opened up the label to other artists. I figured that was a good time to do it since I wasn't doing jack shit. Yeah. Just sitting at home and just, dude, you know, you get demos like all the time. And me being like on my original Truncate label, I was like, ah, this is just for me. I don't release other artists, but like... You know, I used to send some guys to you too. He'd be like, hey, I got this demo. Maybe it totally, works for your right. enemy. And then after I was like, what am I doing, dude? I get all these demos of good music and like, I should just, why? I literally can just put it out myself. So I started being so anal about it, you know? But also before the, the label was mostly vinyl. So that's why it was, I don't want to take such a risk with putting a new artist on, on vinyl. So 
I started the digital thing for Truncate. And then of course the work tracks thing, which is focused more on like jacking techno and shit like that. So it's been working out pretty well so far. Do you know how many you're up to? For work tracks, I'm barely up to number nine. <laughs> okay. I don't get much demos for that stuff. Like I rarely, honestly, maybe one or two demos every six months. So there you just go. No people. one's, yeah, no Send one's. Send some jack tracks over. Seriously, no one's making that stuff. It's pretty easy. You just run an 808 through like a distortion <laughs> pedal, put some fucking vocal over some, it and send it to Dave. Yeah, dude, just talk about your ass and shake that ass, some shit like that. It's, yeah. all, it's all it's about, man. Just fun party tracks, you know? Like it's, I kind of wanted to do like, not like Dance Mania, not that, that ghetto, quote unquote, but sure. just, you know, fun party music. That's basically it. And the next EP is from Lauren Flax. She sent me more stuff. Nice. So yeah, it's um, it's coming together. But I just basically try to work on some music as well. But I haven't made anything cool that would fit it. Right on. And then uh, it seems like the digital label has been pretty diverse, but still kind of focused <clears throat> on party tunes. Yeah, it's still DJ tools like I talk shit about. <laughs> You want to get into that? <laughs> I mean, it's a nice transition to that, I guess. But. I guess so. So uh, I don't know. Basically, you have this post that kind of blew up recently. We'll even we'll omit the, the scandalous part of it, really. But um, I got a little quote here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best Dave impression. <laughs> I've noticed so much tool type techno coming out nowadays, and it makes me wonder: Is anyone even trying to make any timeless stuff? I'd say 98% of the techno I hear are just easy, forgettable style techno cuts. Don't get me wrong. I play a lot of it, but has the art of making timeless, longer lasting techno tracks gone? Do the new generation producers even strive for it? I feel like we're missing this in the scene right now. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> Is uh, that where I stopped? I, no, but I, oh. I think that's where I stopped. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, but I know fair. it's like yeah. hearing it, hearing someone else read it to me. It sounds kind of dumb because, like, well, I was how trying do you... to make it dumb, but it's not. No, it's but not. I mean, like, just like what I said, it sounds stupid because it's like, how do you make timeless music? And I know I understand that part, but I'm just saying that my point was that everyone's just trying to sound like everyone else making just DJ tool techno, which is like totally. the quickest, easiest way to get a track out. Like anyone can throw a fucking max for live uh sequencer on a synth and hit random and be like boom kick drum done hi-hats yeah. like i can make a track every five minutes with that shit no yeah. but like who's not that I, I don't know every fucking producer out there either so like who's really trying to like actually make some shit that sound that stands on its own like who who has identities there's not that much I, there's maybe a handful of producers that have an identity and you don't see that so much anymore yeah it's tough you know I think a, a lot of people are sort of afraid to take risks. But why? There's no, it, it, I don't think it will cost them anything, you know? Actually, no, that's wrong because I think the reason they don't is because that'll kind of land them in some way to get them gigs, which everybody wants gigs. We all want gigs. Yeah. And there's but that's not enough gigs to go around. Like, I think a lot of people make music mainly to get gigs. I don't think they actually give a shit about the writing process, which is kind of why the music gets dumbed down to whatever the current trend is. Exactly. Um, Which is a whole other podcast. Yeah. To discuss right then and there. But I mean, I I get it, you know, and honestly it was uh, the idea of doing something timeless was kind of a, 
pretty big topic for me, you know, when I first came to Berlin, like I was working pretty closely with Perry Grinvik on, on the label and stuff at that point. And I was like, he's like, you got to get more shit out. Cause I wasn't releasing anything, mm. you know? And I was like, I got to make something timeless. He's like, yeah, but you don't really get to choose tracks that are timeless. That's, that that was going to be my point. Yeah. The thing is, is no, you don't. And it, like, they just end up becoming that way. Like 10 years later, you're like this one still slaps. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's also something to be said about a track that you know when it comes out, you're like, it's always going to be good regardless of if it's trendy or not because mm-hmm. it has a feeling or a hook or something like that. Yeah. And which there isn't a lot of those kind of tracks these days. No, because like, I don't think anyone sits down and goes, all right, <laughs> crack my knuckles and I'm going to make a timeless tune today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But also, like, Shit. how about you? you know, sit down and make a track that means something to you or, you know, and not just in the mind of not the mentality of like, Hey, I got to put out an EP and just going to make the quickest thing possible. And like have, you know, totally 10 EPs lined up. This is like, come on, dude. Like I understand. Okay. I I'm the wrong person to be talking shit like that too, because that's literally the type of music that I make. But I've said this shit from the beginning, like yeah. truncate was literally, that's what it's all about, yeah. you know? And, um, I don't know. I, and my, my label has always been about that. And if something ends up being a timeless on the label, then great. But I'm not striving to be a label that puts out, you know, songs and melodic music. It's literally DJ tools. And yeah. it's been like that since day one. And that shit was 2011. So I have an excuse. <laughs> totally. Well, I think the other part is, is like, you know, we, we both kind of come from a generation where a, there was more to go around. Yeah. Not just the trend of the moment. True. Although at times it really felt like that. But um, <clears throat> the other part is, is, you know, and we're both kind of reasonable people. Like we understand that like you can't just have purest dark shit. Like you need mm-hmm. to have the commercial stuff. You need to have this or that. Like it all kind of comprises the big pie at the end of the day. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And Especially nowadays, you know, you got to be a bit versatile and not just, you know, play this one style of, of techno, you know what I mean? Like put some melodic shit, put some funky shit, put some dumb party track, which people do. But I think some people take it to the extreme and like do the pop thing. And just, I just don't yeah. like that. Me personally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the, the whole thing, it, it's, it's really weird. You know, like for example, the other part of it is there, there was actually a lot of people that had chimed in on that particular post or reposted it with their own comments and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Quelza, he he popped in on it, and uh, he made one point that was valid, but also at the same time, like I, I think there was another part of it that didn't make sense. <laughs> he was basically stating that it, in a way it was kind of a result of the older generation not really, you know, not holding the hand, but like kind of bringing it up the younger generation, like I'm kind of completely turning their back to them, mm-hmm. which there is. Um, but there how, is a degree but how that, so? Like, yeah. Well, but I mean, you know, for example, the way I look at it, it's like I think the thing that a lot of the like older generation gets pissed off about is that, you know, you have a lot of this like TikTok techno that really is a turnoff. And the fact that like, you know, pop music has such, become such a big thing in dance music. It's really weird because like for us, uh, dance music back then was like counterculture music. And it was like, we didn't want anything to do with what was on the radio. And if it was going to be like a radio thing, it was always usually either cheesy at the time or like the rare thing where it was kind of cool. And now it's not an exception to the rule. It's just the normal day to day shit. Yeah. And it's weird because 
the whole like pop slash hip hop world is so toxic and it's it's crazy. Like everybody thinks the DJ industry is a mess, but like that world's even crazier. It doesn't share the same morality as the counterculture scene now. So it's yeah. weird that they champion that. Yeah. So a lot of the older generations like, yo, dude. I didn't sign up for this. Like nothing screams anti-establishment like Nelly Furtado techno mixes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. so th- there is that part. But he, that being said, there is um, there's a lot of new producers that are doing really dope shit. You know, like oh, whether yeah. it's uh, all the kids call it hard groove now, but it's tribal mm-hmm. techno or like yeah. hypnotic shit or whatever. So it's not just. There's plenty of people that like in a way I'm pretty optimistic about. They want, they're interested in cool shit. They don't want to just give in to the trends or whatever. Um, you know, so I think, yeah, some of the older people have definitely turned their back to the younger generation a bit, but. Yeah, but know. like you, I, I literally opened my label to new producers. So like I'm supporting the new sound and that was trying my next to. point. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to help build the profiles of these younger producers that didn't get a voice or a label to release on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, cause I know how it is trying to send demos to labels and you know what I mean? So absolutely, you know, I have lots of new producers on my label and I literally have so much, I have a whole year of EPs lined up from producers that have maybe one or two EPs in their whole career so far. So you can't talk shit to me and be like, you're not supporting the young generation. Cause Hey, I've been doing this shit for four years now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to push the new generation in the sound that I like. And I want to make sure that I have like-minded people on the label too. And there's a lot. And I get demos all the time. Like literally every day I have demos and I try to listen to them as much as I can. And as, and, and as soon as I can get back to these people, but so many fucking cool producers and, and exciting young talent out there. There's a lot, but it gets back to my point where these producers send me these demos and it all sounds the same. It's yeah. just like, oh man, come on, dude. Like, where's the guy that stands out or girl or whatever? Like, you know, where are the, the person that stands out, you know? And they're out there, don't get me wrong. And mm-hmm. I have some of that stuff lined up, but it's just all, it all just sounds the same. They're just trying to, and I get it. They're just trying to make the name for themselves and and they need to get out there and they have to put music out there. Just like you said earlier, it's like what Perry Grinvig said. It was like, yo man, you got to put out some tracks. Totally. So that being said, like a lot of people are sending you demos and shit like that. Is there um, like a common, aside from music, maybe just not having its own identity, is there something where you notice a lot of these demos and you're just like, man, this is a common problem and I wish people knew like they should maybe fix this before. <laughs> well, yeah, most of it's the just the quality or the mix downs. Um, yeah. Yeah, really poorly mixed music. Um, or I, I can't say poorly produced. Well, I guess that, that still comes in the term of the audio quality. But but I, I, when I think of poorly produced, I just think this, the, the song is just not made very well or like or uh, arranged really well. But the the problem I tend to have is I get a cool track and the mix is just totally shit. It's like compressed to hell or not enough compression is just like, the kick drum is super loud and the sounds are really low, but then I'll, I'll try to talk to them and try to work with them. Be like, Hey man, like send me the stems. I'll mix it for you. Yeah. And sometimes I've done that in the past. I've um, done that for enemy too. It yeah. Works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it works great. And then they learn from that too. Cause then they say, okay, I see what you're talking about. You know what I mean? But 
sometimes you, you try to give them pointers and they come back with a completely different track and it's like, no man, this is, it sounded good this way. And then they go, yeah. Oh, but this is how I, this is how I make music. I was like, look, I'm only going to point you in the direction that I think would sound better, but I don't want to totally change the track either. Cause like that's, you're just asking for a whole different beast, you know, like I don't mm-hmm. want to get in the way of someone's art either. So I just will give pointers to a certain extent and I don't want them to, completely i just don't want to morph them into how i want it to sound totally you know what i mean like they they have their sound what they're striving for i'm just trying to point them in the right direction as far as the sound quality that's about it i totally get it yeah i mean like i i think i was talking to uh charlie yeah charlie matrix man i think we were talking about this where you know like it used to be back in the day i hate getting notes from labels i'm like dude this is my fucking shit whatever yeah. but sometimes they were right yeah back a lot of times because they just have that experience yeah you know and it's like i think when you're doing shit that is not the trendy clubby stuff like uh <clears throat> you know whatever like maybe more ambient home listening whatever the how hard the bass hits and shit like that isn't as relevant anymore so it's like mm-hmm. you don't need to sculpt shit into a certain thing but like if you're looking to do like a peak time club banger or something like that. I think it's pretty important to take a look at those notes that the label might give you. Cause they know from experience from other DJs, what's working, what's not. And yeah, exactly. And like some of these newer producers, maybe half of them probably don't really play gigs. And so they don't know how it's going to translate or they don't know what's going to translate. You know what I mean? Like we have experience with like, you can hear a track on any speakers and be like, yeah, this will, this will bang in a club for sure. Because you know how this will translate in a, sound, a louder sound system. Dude, I've been there where I'm thinking like, dude, this, this will pop off. And then you get to the club and you're like, ew. Yeah, you're like, what happened? <laughs> totally. It's yeah. brutal. So, yeah, you know, and, and I'm sure I'm sure I'm not the only, you know, label owner that does this. I'm sure there's, you know, people get demos from other labels and or from other artists and other labels will tell you like, yeah, this is a cool track. But, yeah, mix could be fixed. Or the arrangement sometimes could use some work. Is there something like I guess you don't we don't have to go too deep in the studio stuff just yet, but yeah. Is there like a common thing where you're like you could sum it up like pretty easily, like compression and saturation or something that would be like the quickest fix for people to get their Most shit of the under time control? everything is over compressed. <laughs> okay. That's the problem. I think I think people get obsessed with like throwing some I don't know, isotope mastering plugin. Mm-hmm. just to make it sound as loud as possible. And then they send me this demo that just sounds like, holy crap, dude, this thing is no dynamics. Everything just sounds squashed together and smeared. Yeah, That's usually most of the problem. But there's sometimes the opposite where it's just like, damn, this needs some dynamic compression in there somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough. Like, you know, <laughs> compressors, it's weird. I was talking in another podcast. We were just like, listen, uh, I mean, I've always known how to, use a compressor but like fully understand it where it's like oh shit where the light bulb finally goes off yeah. you know you know yeah. and you're like oh okay now i get it but it takes sometimes it takes time years, yeah you know yeah if you're just starting you're just like you just think of a compressor that's going to fix everything i think that's what when i first started that's what i thought it was yeah. oh i'm gonna make a shitty mix but i'm just gonna throw a compressor at the end and everything's gonna sound glued together and i mean how much how many times between just you and i alone have we talked so <laughs> fucking much about different compressors and which ones to use yeah like there are ones that are kind of a jack of all trades thing but there's suitable ones for different things yes people are curious like honestly just 
go there's eight million articles and YouTube videos about it, and honestly, they're all it's pretty much all sound advice. Use yeah. the tube tech for vocals, the twenty five hundred for drums, or whatever. Exactly, you know, exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Let's not get too nerdy though. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll get that like later when people kind of tune out and then only the nerds are left. Yeah. So. <laughs> people want to hear about backstage stories and shit. Yeah, well, speaking of backstages and shit, <laughs> you're doing observe parties a lot more now that the pandemic is over. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, L.A., uh, Detroit, anywhere LA, else? Detroit. We did uh, Chicago a couple of times. Well, once so far since the pandemic. Okay. Um, the thing is, like, we're, like, Mo and I, we're so focused. And, well, Greg, too. Greg just had a kid. and Yeah, let's, let's give the shout out to Greg. He's doing all the AV stuff. Yeah, Greg. A huge man. part of observe. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the aesthetic and the video part and everything. Yeah, he's the visual guy. And uh, he goes by Octaform. And, I mean, he does all the visuals for fucking Time Warp. So if you don't know about Time he Warp. He does Time Warp? Yeah, dude. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. He, they fly him to New York to, what's the big one in Germany? Uh, time Warp? <laughs> no, what city? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's in, uh, fuck, what, what is that? Um, it's in Man- starts with an M. Mannheim. Mannheim, yeah. Mannheim, yeah. So they fly him there. He's he's done Time Warp in Brazil. Okay. So, yeah, he's like the main dude. I never knew that. That's Really? Crazy. Yeah. I, oh, shit. It seems like <laughs> so ridiculous that I wouldn't know that, but yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, Greg's the man. Okay, cool. So, yeah, he's, he's you know, he, he's got a full-time job, too, on top of that, and he just had a kid last fall, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah, so... um. We're, we're doing about two, we're do, no, three a year. We do three a year, um, but we're trying to work on some other cities right now. But right now the main focus is LA and, and Detroit, obviously. Any European plans? No, man. No European it's plans. It's tough over it's here. It's tough, dude. The market, you know, like you got uh, a lot of promoters that got a lot of experience and they understand the areas. It's really expensive. That's the thing. The um, production's expensive and like we can't, we don't want to do it in a club. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a very specific aesthetic we stick to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, right now we just have um, March 30th lined up for LA and then uh, movement weekend for Detroit. And then our yearly one in November in LA too. Which I just played with you. Yeah. We, we closed it all Last back November. to back. Uh, was what was fun. it? Canning Ray and, Blank code. Candy Ray. Um, Project, Project 313. And uh, Lone Front. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a dope. Good I mean, times. it was supposed to be a two room event, that one, but the venue, the original venue we had uh, ended up closing down for repairs or something. So mm-hmm. we ended up consolidating the lineup a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you were supposed to play by yourself. I was, yeah. we were supposed to play separately. It was fun to play together. We We've done a bunch of back-to-back sets. It's typically more in the housey vein, which is yeah. We hilarious. did New York. What was it last year? or the Year before? Yeah, but multiple times together. But we I'm did saying the most recent was it twenty twenty? Was it last two, year? I oh, twenty two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We did the rooftop thing. Yeah, that was so fun. It's, it's always fun to do those, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you got what Speedy J on the next one. Speedy J for March. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And then, uh, well, obviously. We're not going to talk about the lineup for Detroit yet because it hasn't been announced. Yeah, we haven't announced yet. But I mean, it's it's the Sunday night event to hit up. You know, if you're looking for some banging shit, it's the party to go to. Always. I mean, for the last, I think this is our 14 or 15 year anniversary of doing the Detroit thing on the mm-hmm. Sunday with Chad and Nick and those guys. Leland City Club. Get City your tickets Club, now man. at RA. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I thought that place. Friday, get your tickets for my party, yeah, bitches. Meta. The Meta party. Yeah. But I thought, honestly, I thought 
City Club would be closed because of the whole thing with the owner dying and I yeah, well, there's like, a, I there's a the new end. owner. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to speculate too much on air, but I think like it's worth saying that if if you do enjoy the venue, get your tickets and go now because who knows how long it it could be along for around for a while or, or this, this could is be it. The last who knows? Year. Yeah, you know, yeah, like uh, I really don't know, but it's a cool spot and I like that they kind of let us do what we want to do there. It's kind of the only venue like that in Detroit, right? There's nothing There's else. There's not a lot really of multi-room like venues left. No, you know, you that's got, like raw like that. You know what I mean? True. Like there was a, a bunch back in the day and yeah, now it's works. just, yeah. It's our old venue, yeah. Yeah. And then also um, like the old substance parties, you know, 2003, <clears throat> four. Actually, that first venue was fucking wild because it was technically, I think, three buildings joined together. It was like Ben Sims played there and like we played there as the attack people. Were you at that party? I wasn't at that one. It was like Dan Bell and shit like that. But the buildings were connected in this like back courtyard and it was raining, so there was mud everywhere. And interesting. uh, Yeah. I don't know that one. I got to ask Chad what that place was called. Anyway, that shit was wild. You know, um, the 2004 Vibe venue was really cool too. I can't remember what that was. Uh, you know, there was the substance party, which had like Christian Wunsch and I think Oliver Hohen and stuff. Oh yeah. And then the Tronic treatment party was wild in one room. You got bear and Corolla tagging back when they were still playing techno. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, there was like, uh, actually Ben Sims and Christian Smith back to back on three decks. That was a lot of fun when oh, they were sure. doing all the DMC tricks and shit. Oh, that's dope. Good times, man. And then there was, uh, what was the Detroit, the, the famous Detroit, um, music Institute or whatever is that what it was called? Kind of drawing a blank mm, now that we yeah, had a know. little bit of booze, a uh, but that was fun. Like seeing like Dijon and shit like that back then. And well, see, I, my first Detroit experience was until 2010. Are you? For I never. Real? I never went before that, dude. No, no shit. I never traveled before. I was broke, man. I never yeah. had money to travel. Well, that's the thing. Like we drove there. Yeah. You know, you get like drive some ravers in the car. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mo and those guys hours. were going though. Mo was always going from. I, then, yeah, but. I met. He showed up in my hotel room. Uh, but he was working with fucking and I and I and and M Audio. So it was like I think he was doing that kind of stuff back then too, doing the whole tractor thing for everyone. Yeah, crazy. I was just think. some fucking kid working a regular job back then. It was the Droid Crew. I met everyone like twenty one years ago now. I guess something like that. Wild yeah. times. I've known Mo now since two thousand two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's it's always fun in Detroit, you know, because you have like these parties going on and it really has sort of diverged in a way where you have like there's the festival crowd and then there's the after party crowd. It was mm-hmm. always like that a little bit, but now it's like very way separated parallel rather than serial. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's cool because it's kind of like you go to the you order the buffet or you get the a la carte, you know what I mean? And you just kind of pick and choose. And it seems like it's mostly the older people that only go for the after parties now. Well, you know, we're all fucking whiny and jaded and stuff. But I I don't know. I I don't want to see Snoop Dogg. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I saw that Snoop Dogg. That was fucking trash, man. Like he was playing journey and stuff. I don't know. Like Shaq. Wait, who's the, who's the ridiculous lineup for this one? Uh, like not ridiculous. Like who's the out of place? Well, they like Idris, it all Idris Elba. Oh, well, yeah, that's a given. But, you know, he'll probably play some, like, uh, UK Detroit bangers or whatever. Yeah. It's just so weird to me. You know, because they always got, like, one badass hip-hop act at least. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I don't know what's coming up, but I, I like to stop in at least for an afternoon or something and see what's happening. I know? missed Wu-Tang, though, the last time. I totally yeah, slept. Though. I slept too. in. I did see, I think, the last one that I saw was like Iceman and Red Man or something like Method Man and Red Man. Yeah. Iceman. What the Ice fuck? Man. 
When was that? I don't even remember that. Uh, I don't remember, man. Shit. It could, it's possible it was even pre-pandemic. I don't know. You're probably right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've gone the last uh, two years, and I'll go this year. So, mm-hmm. But prior to that, I when I moved to Europe, I was like doing – relatively every other year because as you said it, it gets expensive yeah yeah and if no one's booking me like i, I can't afford to pay two three grand out of pocket to hang yeah. out in detroit again <laughs> you know yeah but Shit. yeah looking forward to that um if Always you're curious if you're curious about that party i'm sure to keep checking out their channels and they'll they'll pop out the lineup soon tickets are already on sale right yes tickets are on sale is it already on the final tier or is there still Dude, some? <laughs> we're like third or fourth tier already We barely announced just the, we just put out a teaser flyer like last week and we sold out the first two tiers already. So people already know, you know, we put on good lineups and it's all, you know, it's all the snobby techno. We don't, we don't fuck around with the, you know, TikTok hype stuff. So totally. I mean, that's the other thing, like, uh, you know. Snobby techno. Snobby. Only the snobbiest of shit. (laughs) Only the snobby shit, bro. It's been cool. You know, like the, the thing that I like about Detroit is. It's also the place where you can go to hear shit that you don't usually get to hear in your mm-hmm. hometown. Like, it was pretty important to us, at least for our party too, on Friday night to book things that we couldn't really afford to do in a warehouse in Minneapolis or same with Chad in Detroit or whatever. Cause it's like you book a couple people that can fill the place up and then some people that are just like, oh man, I've always liked this person's records. I wonder what they'd be like to see play. Yeah, exactly. And Detroit's kind of one of the only places in America where you can make that happen. So The only place in one weekend, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, because like no one's going to go to, not no one, but you know, most people are not going to fly to New York to go see a DJ. You know what I mean? Like totally, People yeah. will wait till Detroit because they know like, okay, this whole weekend I can literally see you know, 10 or 15 people that will never come to my town. <laughs> totally. I mean, hey, like I live in Berlin and I've, I've seen everybody. You want a little drink of food too? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got a couple of people on our lineup that I've never seen yet. And they, well, I mean, I just don't go out so much anymore. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like actually pretty curious to see it too. And we are putting our timetable together and I'm like trying to make sure that I don't play when they play. Cause I kind of want to see oh, what's so you happening. See them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? See, I missed out last time we had uh, Rodhead play. I mean, I've seen him play before, but it's been a long time. Yeah. And I was playing when Rodhead was playing. So literally finished when he was done. It's like, damn, I didn't get Shit. to see him. He's playing at the Great Beyond, by the way. Come out and buy your tickets now. Greatbeyond.us. <laughs> Cheers, dude. Cheers. Yeah, your lineup's pretty stacked too. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about TGB. Yeah, I know. Um, well, did you announce a lineup for We didn't do uh, the metal for Detroit? one yet. Okay. In fact, as the recording of this, there's still a couple slots we got to fill, which it's pretty much done. But, you know, we need, I don't like to talk shit until the contracts are signed. Yeah, yeah. I've learned, especially these days, like half the time when the contract's signed, they'll pull out on your, well, not half the time, but it's like, it's not unrealistic. It's yeah. uh, really cutthroat now. You or know? visa shit too. Yeah, that's the thing. What a lot of people don't realize in America is that a lot of these artists are on visas in order to come through regularly and it's a heavy ass process i think it costs a lot of money three or four thousand minimum four thousand something like that and it lasts for three years there is a one year but nobody does a one year unless Mm. they sign the wrong form accidentally and then uh after that you can come and go as you please but you got to hand over 30 percent to the american government from every fee so you know um 
when you have these warehouse parties that are illegal and stuff, that you kind of can push that money under the counter. But when you have like more professional shit festivals or whatever, uh, 30% of the income goes out the window. It's usually a landed fee, which means the airplane tickets coming out of that fee too. So a lot of times when you get these European people come through, um, they're not really making very much mm-hmm. or like maybe even uh, breaking even on a tour. It's It's crazy times right now. Yeah, especially with flights being so expensive these days. Yeah, for sure. When you're not traveling, though, is there like a is there a place? Well, I mean, I guess you feel most at home in L.A., right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Is there a place like outside L.A. where you you found where you're like, I really enjoy spending my time here, and like, honestly, dude, I haven't really traveled much outside of going for gigs. You know what I mean? But I mean, is, is there an area you're like I'm going to make sure I spend a few extra days here? Uh, usually, New York. New York's fun. New York's man. always that vibe for me, man. I like that. I like I just like the convenience of everything where I can just stay in Brooklyn and walk around and hit good have good food, see some friends and just kind of take it easy. Totally. Usually New York is the one where I stay a few days or a couple days at least. How do you keep traveling manageable and fun? Ugh, it's never fun, but manageable. I well, mean, I guess like where you you know like fuck this shit, I'm done, you know, but Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um I just look forward to like my destination and looking for shit to do um i'm i like always looking for good food and restaurants so i look forward to that yeah first thing i do is like all right where's the nearest brewery or what's the hot not the hot restaurant but like what's the dope food at so that gets me excited because i just love food man and uh watching lots of tv shows <laughs> you do a <laughs> can, lot of that i can finish a whole series uh in one sitting on a you know la to amsterdam flight can like finish like seven or eight episodes honestly that's the only time i really watch tv and these s- days same same you know most of like, the time man or i can watch with no uh no interference from the outside world you know like if there's no wi-fi that's like all right cool i can just literally focus on watching a tv show totally. i can't do music though people are like why don't you work on music on the airplane it just it doesn't work for me that's it i like i'm a total supporter of anybody who can work on the plane and get it mm. done and i, I guess like if you have I wish I could some shit, but I just can't do it. Like on the way there, I'm already worn out with travel on the way back. It's usually a late night. So I don't really, you know, I just don't have the energy. Like I, I started reading more again. Uh, you know, in recent times I used to read a shitload and then I stopped. I kept <laughs> buying books, but I never read them. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm starting to read them, but even then I just get exhausted, especially on the plane. I never read the fucking thing. No. Like I came to LA with you. I got this book and I still, uh, I didn't start it on the way there. I came back and I started. I'm almost finished, but that was already that was November. And it's have uh, you tried covers. audiobooks? That's one thing I asked, I need to try. But they say it works. But I don't know if I can really I retain sh- the information. <laughs> I should do it. I mean, the thing is, is I try. If I do that, it's usually I'm listening to music or I'll put on a podcast. But half these podcasts these days are. Yeah, Someone put it the best, around. like like this fucking thing here. It's it's like a baseball game or something, you know. It's mostly boring, and then you have like one crazy play, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And then yeah, it goes yeah. back to being boring, and then three it's hours easy later, to, it's easy to tune out. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I listen to lots of. The, I mean, you know, like we talk about podcasts all the time, but we listen to like all the comedians' podcasts where mm. most of it's just silly shit, but it's entertaining. I like listening to it, but I never. I never got into the whole serious part. Like, you know, like there's podcasts about murders and documentaries. I just can't listen to those. I want to, I want to be laughing. (laughs) I've bookmarked them and I've never touched them, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I've uh, never even bookmarked them. There's this uh, one called beyond the, 
Behind the Bastards. Have you heard about this? No. It's I, I, they talk about bastards apparently. Uh, okay. I don't know, but there's a new one of uh, Vince McMahon from uh, the wrestling dude. Yeah, he has and a like, podcast. <laughs> well, no, the how he's a piece of shit. Oh no! And no. I think it's like six hours worth of oh, talking shit. about him being a piece of shit. And actually, he just showed up in the media in the last couple what weeks for sexual allegations. Oh boy! Okay, you know some real. Uh, Trump grab him by the Wahoo stuff, you know, whatever. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, anyway, grew up with he wrestling. seems like the type of dude fan. that yeah. would do that. You know, sometimes you're like, hmm, it's always the ones you expect the most. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I definitely at some point we'll get to it, but it might be two years from now. Yeah. You got any other big aspirations outside of like um, music? Outside of music? Um, I'm just trying to get back on, back on my health kick. Um, during the pandemic, I lost a significant amount of weight. Yeah. And um, pretty much since I started getting back on the road, I just like leveled out because I love eating and drinking beer. But this year, I hate when you have, I, I just hate that you people were like, January 1st, I'm going to start again, you know? But I just figured that was a good time to start. You know, I did dry January. That yeah. worked out pretty cool. It was great, but I'm just like, I'm back to normal now. So, but I realized I don't need alcohol. That's one thing I realized, which I, that's yeah. what I wanted to check. I noticed like, obviously sleeping better and, but going out, man, I was just like, you know what? I don't miss it or I don't need it. So yeah. that was a good thing. At least I'm not like some fiend for alcohol. So I just enjoy it. I like the way it tastes. Yeah. Um, especially beer. You know, I don't drink beer or alcohol because I want to get wasted. Totally. I actually like the taste of it. Yeah, that's when you know you're getting old, right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> but I don't drink like spirits, you know. Like I don't, I don't buy a bottle of whiskey at home. Like yeah. I'll have mostly beer and maybe sake every once in a while. But like I have bottles of vodka and uh, rum from like a get together I had like a year and a half ago. They just sit there. I never touch this stuff at home. Yeah. I just don't. I thought about it at one point because we had a little bit of uh, some bottles of that shit at the house. And I was like, uh, you know what? Should I become a mixologist and like make <laughs> badass cocktails or whatever? Yeah, if at home for fun, why not? Yeah, but then know? I was like, I don't want it to be too good. Not saying I'm not blowing my own horn or whatever, but like if it gets to that point where it's like a little too easy and a little too good, then it, yeah, you're just like, fuck it, let's do it. Whereas but now- uh, if I want like a really badass cocktail, well, first of all, Berlin barely has any, but like you got to go and get it and it's expensive. You know, some things are a little too easy. Like it's a little too easy to make banana bread at home and then you eat the whole fucking loaf, you know? <laughs> but when you're entertaining, you know, it's nice to have that skill. Where you're like, all right, boom, who wants a fucking Moscow mule or some crazy shit? I don't know. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> you know, that's what partially also why I wanted to learn it. But I was like, eh. And as you, you know, get older, you entertain pros. more, you know, instead of going out, you're like, hey, let's have dinner at my house. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instead of hitting a bar like you used to. Totally. Because I think about the days we used to go out and like hit the bars and like, holy shit, man. We used to it get was pretty heavy. Long. You know, five in the morning, the bar would close at three and we'd be like, all right, we'll stay till five. Tuesday. Yeah, on a Tuesday. And, say, and that's oh when God. you also start to notice Berlin's getting a little more expensive. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it started off easy, but holy shit. <clears throat> but also, like, does that even exist anymore? Or something oh, yeah. like that? Does oh, yeah. it? I mean, the bar is like, you saw last night when we went out. Granted, that was just like a fucking. No, but I mean, like, like we used to have John Muir. It was like the yeah. techno bar. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, does that, is there, are we just out of that, out of touch? I mean, or there's does people that not... go to bars for sure. There's a couple spots in town. Um, I guess I wouldn't name them on the air because yeah, yeah. 
but blow up the spot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're. I don't think they're quite as. Maybe I'm, I'm sure they're busy, but like quite as industry leaning as yeah. some of this stuff was that we went to. But at the same time, yeah, I think there's a couple things. Like one, people don't have the money like they used to, and two, they're fucking busy now. Like everybody that's come through here lately to record episodes and stuff like that, they all have the same story. They're like, "Listen, man." you can't just kind of sit around and wait for things to come to you. You can't have yeah. hangovers. Everybody's hustling. So nobody's like really going out and get hammered as much as they used to. True. True. You know? Yeah. I think a lot of people, well, the younger generation, they don't, they're not much of a drinkers. Not as much. No. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like in a way I fucking hate drinking. And then in another <laughs> way, I really like it, you know? I think it just depends. Like when you're in between, like drinks, uh, like maybe two and three, that's that sweet spot. You're like, yes, life. Yeah, you feel good. And then after that, yeah, you're just like, this is the biggest waste of time ever. Biggest and I'm waste pay of money ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now I'm gonna be hungover for two days. Yeah, and, yeah. And as you get older, those hangovers just linger for so long. Yeah, it feels you so know, it's worse. I mean, but the thing is, these days you read every article, and it's like. Uh, well, at first I said millennials, now it's Gen Z. Gen Z does this or not enough of that or blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, you never really know. But then you also find out that like everybody's just fucking jacked on uh, Xanax <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And you're like, it's well, worse. I think it's just shifted. <laughs> yeah. They're addicted to porn and uh, taking Xanax and stuff. And, and social media. So is it really better? Who knows? Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But listen, um, They listen to Sad Bop. Yeah. <laughs> sad Bop. It's ridiculous. What was that, Mar or something like that? Uh, Bill Mar. So yeah. So sad bop was a term I literally heard today for the first time ever. Bill Mar was going on a rant about how music, these pop music, it just talks about money and his main thing was just money. Everything is like I own material things, blah blah blah. And um, and he said that some study from Spotify was like, what was the most searched term for music on Spotify? And it was like sad music. And it is the sad and generation. There was a thing called sad bop, which I was like, no way. I never heard of this before, but yeah, this generation is depressed and anxiety. And uh, yeah, Billy Eilish was like the top. And it, there was another name he said, but I, I forgot who it was, but it's along the lines of that, that style. Mm-hmm. But the first one, obviously, was Billie Eilish, which she was, like, the most popular one. But, yeah, fucking sad bop. Never heard That's that crazy, before. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Well, I got to take a leak quick. All right. Hang on. How's it? All right, I'm back here. So, uh, lately, what kind of music are you into aside from techno? Um, I've been listening to a lot to, uh, like, old 80s, uh, like, uh, funk, electro kind of stuff. Um, I have been this leaning towards like Stevie Wonder type. No, no, vibes. like One Way. Okay. Um, Roger and Zap. I, have, okay. I made I made this like crazy playlist. I call it Electro Funk okay. slash Boogie. I don't even know if that it's correct, but it's like a twelve hour long. Oh damn! Because <laughs> like I would discover is something it public new. Or is this a private one? It's a private playlist. I don't know. Can you make it public? Are you on? What are you doing? It's Spotify? On Spotify. Yeah, yeah, you could. But yeah, I just like have just been i would hear a song somewhere and i would look on spotify and just add it to my playlist and it's just like it's insane how much shit i have and it's like a lot of it's stuff that i've heard before but most of it is stuff that i've never heard i were here on a dj mix or something mm-hmm. and like look up the track list or do a shazam 
and it just came up with this crazy play. I've been working nice. on it for years now. It's been a couple of years. Good sample. It's 12 card. hours long. Yeah. It's all that kind of stuff. Like, Have you heard my uh, Sad Bop Bangers playlist? <laughs> no, but I, we should make a Sad Techno playlist. Is that like, who would be Sad Techno? Like Kangding Ray? <laughs> May, well, I was thinking maybe like Marionette, Matthew Johnson. Man. That's pretty sad, but it's also amazing, you know? Yeah. I don't know. There's got to be something. Yeah, like what would be like sad techno? I don't even know. Because it doesn't necessarily have to be melodic. No. I mean, when you when you think about it, a lot of the stuff that was coming around in like 2011 to 13, it was all like minor chord pads and shit. Yeah. It was all pretty sad, very funeral driven. You yeah, know? yeah. Huh. What about techno at the moment? Is there anything that's kind of getting you going? Truncate the label. I've heard about it, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a new label. Um, no, I mean, honestly, the guys that, are, well, the people that have been releasing on my label have been pretty excited about, been a lot of cool shit. Um, some demos from people that I've never heard of. And like, when I look them up on their SoundCloud, they have like a hundred followers or look them up on Beatport or something. They all have like one EP or a remix. Um, but there's a lot of new, uh, cool producers out there that are making cool stuff and I'm excited to release them and help get their name out into the world and excuse me. And um, it's nice to see like when I put someone out or someone that hasn't be, really hadn't got any exposure and I release an EP from them and then all of a sudden they'll see them getting a remix opportunity from somebody else or an EP on someone else's label. So like, that's the whole point, man. Cause I get it. Like there's it's, nice it's to hard to get out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> But, you know, it's nice to see that and like, cool, I'm glad I helped push them a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be like, uh, I'm not trying to get someone famous or anything. I'm just like, hey, their music's cool and they should be heard. So hard like to argue that. Push it. Yeah. You know, I mean, with, with Enemy, uh, I only have, you know, most of the time I still do vinyl and stuff too. And I, <clears throat> I only have so much money, time, like all those resources to offer. So I have to be pretty selective these days of what I can do. Otherwise, I need to be taking care of myself, you know? It's loud as Whatever. But you've helped push a lot of artists oh, yeah. to the I light mean, too, though. Yeah, I mean, primarily. Yeah. But um, I guess where I was going with this is like, there's even more where it's like, I got nothing against this. I just, maybe it's a little bit of a risk for me and I just don't do it or, or whatever. But it's like, there's times where I wish I was like, I wish I had like a second label to help push this stuff. Do you not do any just digital stuff? Yeah, I do. You do? But um, I'm just kind of so, anal. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's good. You're but picky, I, you're I, guess I'm, I guess I'm just saying I wish I had more opportunities to give these people. Yeah. But then I at least try to point them in the right direction because there's a yeah, lot of music can. out there you that's have enough worth connections. being heard. Yeah, yeah. You know? Is there any plan for like a great beyond label or something like that? Well, I feel like it's a very specific aesthetic totally. sound. I mean, the thing is, is like every year we've talked about like putting on a record at the festival with um, <clears throat> whether it's me, Steve, or people that are playing the party or whatever. And it's a pain in the ass to put a party together. So by the time, you know, yeah. well, now you can put a record together in two months. But, yeah. you know, um, up until last fall, it would take eight, nine months at some of these places, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? True. Especially in America and whatnot, they were pressing up all those Taylor Swift represses oh and goodness. stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of like, if you don't really have, if if the festival's in, at the end of July, if you don't have your ducks in a row by like October, 
good luck, you know? Just put on a CD, bro. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that was the other thing. It's like, do we do mixtapes or whatever? And all that stuff still like drive. <laughs> possibilities for the future, but it just, creativity kind of goes out the window when you have to think about tax forms and yeah, shit like yeah, this. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, this is, that, that's the thing. Like people think that it's like very rock and roll uh, <laughs> with all this music industry stuff. And then you realize the more professional it gets, you're like, the more boring it gets. <laughs> yeah, filing shit with the government and stuff. Like, yeah. I didn't sign up for this. What? I, Fuck the government, bro. It's yeah. be anti-government. <laughs> but yeah. Taxes. It, it would be cool to do, but, I, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a lot, lot of work. Or even lot. like, you know, we thought, like, do we do a podcast? But that's a pain in the ass. Like, even just getting people to commit to this, which, uh, I mean, it is weekly, so that's a lot. But it's a lot to convince people and in fact when i did write people i thought it was clear enough they're like no i'm not doing any fucking dj mixes i'm like no it's not dj mixes yeah, they're yeah. like oh okay we're just talking well <laughs> yes sure or still no because you know a lot of people aren't comfortable on the microphone yeah understandably so yeah um but you know i i was like okay well i definitely know i don't need to worry about starting a dj podcast anytime soon because yeah. nobody wants to do another mix even though a lot of people need to be because they're like, oh, I need gigs and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, when's the last time you did a podcast? Uh, seven months ago. But do DJ mixes even move the needle? We've had this discussion before. No, we have it. You know, and the thing is, is I'm guilty. I don't do enough podcasts. I think the last mix I put out was the one with you. It's on our SoundCloud. Check it out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't really, I don't do enough of them. And I look at it kind of like water at this point. Like it's not going to move the needle for you, but not having them is also going to be detrimental. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just a fact of life. It's like, okay, as you, you as a promoter, when you're booking some DJs, do you go to their SoundCloud and listen to mixes of maybe someone that you're not very familiar with? Absolutely. But like their music? Know? Yeah. You know, you got to see what they're up to. Or yeah, even I like people same. who are uh, aspiring to be like, oh, I would love to be an opener at your party. You're like, okay, what do you what do? What do you do? Yeah, exactly. But like, do other promoters do that? I'm well. Some, I would think I'm most sure. don't. Well, it depends. You know, you got there's different kinds of promoters. There's promoters who give a shit, and there's promoters who are just like counting numbers. Numbers, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, whatever. You know, we, different walks of life. I'm not yeah, going to sit yeah. here and talk shit. I know for people who actually <clears throat> care and they want to program it appropriately, they they want to check things out. And you keep it in mind, like uh, maybe this person would fit in here or there yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But, but um, I think my main point was just like, okay, from a promoter standpoint, yes, you want to hear what your you know artist is going to play or what they're all about. But I think just the younger generation now don't listen to much DJ mixes as before. It's interesting. You wonder where the fuck they what they are interested in yeah. because uh, maybe it's like the Instagram stories or reels or TikTok or whatever. Not even so much the music, but just like the clips mm -hmm. because. Podcast numbers are down. At the same time, there's a million more podcasts now. True. You know, it used to be there was three or four. Yeah. You have CLR, drum code <laughs> CLR, radio. drum code. What else? Uh, Resident Advisor. Resident Advisor. And what was the other? Little White Earbuds, one. maybe, or something. I don't know. Were they that big? Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. But so and now, now there's 7,000 of them. Yeah. Um, and and all, like. All booking the same DJs. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of. Here's the thing about promoters. They love having content to push. <clears throat> yeah. doesn't matter if you're an opener or you're this A-list person. They love having fresh press picks or videos of shit. Or if you got a new podcast or a record, like the more stuff you present to them in order to help push, push their event like with extra content because they're always looking for reasons to like 
put their party in front of people's faces. If yeah. you have that content, they're all about it. Like, I don't give a fuck about no no offense, like the new truncate video that you got out. Yeah, but if yeah. I'm if I'm in a bookie for a gig, you I want to be like, what do you got for me? Yeah, because exactly. I want to get that out on my channels. You know, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, but you know, content. I it shouldn't be like the the main focus, but it's kind of stupid not to have that stuff at this point. You know what I mean? There was like someone. I don't know if it was a real. I'm actually looking up the definition. So. <laughs> someone had read some definition of, of content and it was like how basically it was meaningless. <laughs> like it's just posting stuff, but. Oh, no, it totally is. It's just, this is content. <laughs> I'm not looking for yeah. that. One. It's spelled the same, right? Yeah. It's one of those things in the English language where you're like, whoa, okay. Two totally different things spelled the same and almost pronounced the same. Well, maybe. The material dealt with in a speech, no, that's not it. information made available by a website or other electronic medium. I mean, here's the thing. Okay, so when I got back into doing this podcast because I put it off forever and I was really fighting with it back and forth, you know, these days you're expected not just to be an artist and a performer, but to be essentially a content, content creator. creator. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't give a shit about that. I'm too old, but it's yeah. a fact of life. You yes. either get on the boat or you don't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you want to make up dick jokes or something, that stuff's really fun and easy. You just fire and forget onto the internet. But when you want to do things that are kind of like maybe, well, not meaningful, but like you things that you wish would have more than a 24-hour lifespan, it sucks <clears> to put, the, the, like, to be fair, a lot of these kids these days that put a lot of effort into social media, they spend days getting that one post together that lasts for 24 hours. Yeah. Granted, that's what helps them sell a thousand tickets. Yeah, yeah. I just can't think like that. I need, um, if I'm going to put effort into something, I want it to be a little, last a little longer. And Timeless. <laughs> you know, the, timeless. The nice thing with these podcasts is people can come back. Like, you know, there's people last, actually this guy wrote me last week. He's like, are you bringing train wrecks back? I'm like, well, funny that you mention it, yeah. you know, but all those episodes were eight years ago. Like there's someone that'll probably listen to this six years from now. And it'll sound outdated as fuck. Maybe yeah. we'll like be in world war three or something, <laughs> but you know, like you can keep coming back to those and it's like, all right, this, I can pump this bullshit out into the ether and it lasts versus, uh, you know, we can go, take posts of us mooning people in Berlin or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I don't know. I mean, I, I, but at the same time, I I also equally enjoy absorbing content. So it's not like I'm. Well, we all do. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I get, I'm, damn, man, I, I can't get these damn reels on Instagram, dude. I just, they lock me in all the time because most yeah. of all my, my feed is all funny shit. So I just like laugh at all this dumb funny shit. And totally. just like, oh my God. And then just realize like I've been on here for like an hour and a half totally. scrolling on, uh, you know, these little clips that are like 10 seconds long. I'm like, I'm messing up my brain for sure. Yeah. It must be, it can't be good. Exactly. Well, it's because <laughs> like we're not channel surfing anymore, but we are it is, web surfing. I yeah. Mean, yeah. You know? It's like almost like channel surfing, but like even the content you do lock in that you get locked into is not, you know, maybe a minute long. Pretty much, like, yeah. Man, I'm just rotting my brain, dude. So when it goes to like techno and stuff like that, is there anything that you wish you'd hear more of? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently timeless shit, but aside from that, like... Well, that's the thing. It's like my, my point was like, I understand, you know, you can't 
pick and choose to make a timeless track, not necessarily, but like, I just want to hear more. I want to hear producers that have an identity and not just that sounds like someone else. You know what I mean? Like we have, uh, we have an Alarico, we have a Quelza, we have a fucking Cravo. Mm-hmm. You know, is that how you say his name? Cravo, Cravo, Cravo yeah. Temudo. There's all those guys. They have their specific sound. And it's like, then you have all these other producers that are trying to sound like that or, or trying to sound like Truncate. I hate mm-hmm. to say that, but like I hear a lot of that shit too. Oh yeah, totally. Everybody's copying your and shit. It's like cool. I get this a form of flattery, but I'm also like, make it your own too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't just try to copy somebody. And I, I don't hear that enough, man. Yeah, and I true. I listen to tons of promos. I get hundreds of promos a month, and mm-hmm. I listen to ton, like I would say out of all the emails I get, I'll listen to like sixty or seventy percent of them, which is a lot. Oh shit! Wow. Yeah, dude. I'll sit there and listen to each track. I'll skim through them, but wow. I'll get, you know, you get the gist of it. Uh, but dude, there's so much shit. I'm just like, fuck, man. Who's the guy that stands out? There's not, there's like 10 of them. Yeah. And I can't play a whole set of all their music. So, you know, I'll, f- I'll fill it in with other DJ tools from other producers, which are good. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, this is a perfect example. I was having a conversation with someone. I was like, I always like try to find the closing track. Yeah. Can you think of like new producers that have a really good closing track? Not so much, uh, right? Not as much as it used to be. You, can, you I, mean, I have I to have go back some, to old stuff. Yeah, I'm like, where's like the epic closer? Like that doesn't. Mm-hmm. I can't find it. Yeah, that's just it. Like I, I've also told people like when you're on the in the studio on the production uh, groove or whatever, it's like, why does every record have to be? for peak time bangers we're all guilty of it don't yeah, get yeah. me wrong but it's like not every check needs to be 144 or 128 like why not have a diverse ep where you have like two bangers the one fucking odyssey deeper mm-hmm. track and then one uh i don't know Electro or something safe not safety but like uh taking a risk type track oh what yeah. a, you know what i mean because yeah. it's a, you know yeah but they want to maximize the potential to be the badass every time so they're like exactly. let's do this four times instead of one or two yeah yeah exactly but always i always struggle man when i'm looking for tracks i'm like i need like some cool melodic closing track or or something with like that's kind of epic you know what i mean it just yeah. it doesn't it doesn't happen i mean it's tough you know like for a while every single track had pads in it <laughs> and uh well i mean you made pad mode even though that's funny because yeah. like it's not like really a progression it's a no. drone yeah yeah um but so i purposely made it a um thing in my studio like no pads yeah. well i tangy groove had a pad in it yeah. but that's really aside from that I'm, I'm trying not to do pads but the 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 pad in that track is not the focus of the no track. and in fact yeah. that's just 16th notes that creates a pad <laughs> oh, okay. but um yeah it's not the focus there's vocals and stuff yeah. but for the most part like i'm not trying to do the the three note like dun, dun, dun. yeah you know what i mean because <laughs> yeah. like we heard it a million times yeah. and that'll come back and i'm I'm going to be fully up in that shit. But like right now I'm just like, uh, it's a little too soon for me. But at the same time we do, like you said, we need some of those like end of the night. uh, Everybody's a little loosey goosey. Yeah. Send them home on a note sort of thing. Exactly. It was like, Oh crap. Or leave them wanting a little bit more. You know, I mean like the, the thing that every techno DJ under the sun these days does is like they end their sets with like an electro track and like, that's cool. But I'm like, you can almost bet on that happening. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, I don't know, like why not drop that in the middle? And then yeah, the exactly. end, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough times for that kind of shit. 
DJs complaining. Is that Twitter still around? I don't, I'm not <laughs> I don't on Twitter know, still Actually, around. I mean, I think that's all they do. So it kind of there's there's too much to keep up. Yeah, with are you them, it, so. are you a DJ if you don't complain? Exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of complaining, where do you stand on the BPM war? I I hate the high BPMs, man. I'm sorry. I have to, I know I have to do it to keep up with other um, DJs and the party, but man, this over 140 shit, I just. It just, I think, I feel like it kills the energy. Like people just can't last that long. Yeah. Like I think the, the right way to say it is like, is it the sprints or the marathon? Yeah, exactly. You know, and I. It seems to be mostly the sprint these days. I noticed that in Berlin too. Like, you know, if it's a, doesn't even, it's not even that it has to be super slow. Like even a buck 35 or something like that is significantly slower. Like I was telling you, I played over the weekend. I played at 135, 136 and it felt great. Yeah. It wasn't tiring. Was a good tempo. Yeah, the groove it keeps holds. people energized for longer. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you're at over 140, like, that crowd's got to be high as fuck to keep going all night, 100%. man. It's just too much. Like, that's actually a good question for like the younger crowd. Like, I wonder if you ask them, like, okay, if you were given the option to, excuse me, if you're given the option to DJ or I mean, sorry, to party in a party and be the you know be the dancer at a party for a a four-hour party that's 140 BPM or an eight-hour party that's like at 130, which one would they choose? I wonder. Yeah. If, I mean, with shorter attention span these days, maybe they will go for the 140 plus BPM party. Who knows? They're like, all right, that's, I've gotten my fix. I'm done. There's something to be said for that. You know what I mean? Like some people are like, listen, dude, I don't have the time, energy, or mental capacity to, you know, do this 12-hour party epic whatever some people just want to do the four hours in and out that's it get, and sometimes that's really fun too you know what i mean yeah but, yeah but wow. like in la for instance like just the the culture there's not we weren't um raised to party forever you know what i mean like parties end at six people start fizzling out around four thirty, and like only the hardcore people hang out till the very end yeah and i think now with the music being so hard and fast it's like these people show up at two in the morning and they're out by three or four, like four o'clock. So they're partying for like two or three hours maximum. Is it because of the music or is it just the short attention span these days? We're just like, ah, I've got my fix. I'm ready to go home. You know? Totally. I mean, I think it's probably a bit of all that. And then, you know, other variables that we're not considering like the economics of it all or whatever, you know, but, um, I don't know, man. I guess I'm also biased because I come from a time where it's like slower means you got more more room to breathe and stuff. Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't think like you know a lot of people automatically assume that fast music means shit music, and that's not the case either. No. There's plenty of dope faster tracks. In fact, my problem is, is I'm buying a lot of faster stuff, but it's just too fast for what I actually play out. So then it, I don't realize it until I put it on the CDJs, and I'm like, oh wait. This is 147. I didn't notice it because it's stripped down or <laughs> yeah, whatever. And I'm yeah. like, well, I'm, I even at 140, it sounds like it's drunk. So I'm like, yeah. well, I'm just never going to play this. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy my Bandcamp money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Um, so there's that part of it. You know, but you know, the other thing is, is now with the tribal techno renaissance, everybody's calling it hard groove. Nobody ever <laughs> called it hard groove in our day. It was always tribal. No, it was you know? yeah, tribal techno. 
none of the producers that made that shit would ever call it that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, Ben's label was called that, but he wasn't like, yo, it wasn't hard groove. It wasn't called, yeah, he never called it hard groove. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was just techno. It was like a descriptor of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, a lot of the, that uh, is a, there's a renaissance in that, which is cool because like I kind of came up on that shit. I like that. So it's one of the trends that I don't mind except mm-hmm. for that it's really fast now. Yeah. And, uh, but the thing is, is like, first of all, A, I'm really into the idea that kids now learned about groove and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I like groovy shit again. Cause yeah. for a while it was either stomping or industrial or whatever. Yeah. Trancy. So groove is back. Awesome. But they don't realize that if you slow it down even a few more BPMs, it gets even groovier. Yeah, groovier, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? There's more space between the beats. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, like you said, you, you think the trend is already going to die in the next, in the summer, you I th- said? No, right? I, I, I no, said what you say? I, I think that. after the summer, it'll start after to, the summer it'll start morph to, a to bit. dwindle. I feel like it's just getting stronger right now. Like more and more I mean, it's popular EPs. shit right now. Yeah, yeah it's but, like so big. I feel like it's just catching momentum, but I'm curious of where it's going to morph to. Like, it's going to change eventually. I think it'll get a little slower same. again, but still kind of slower? keeping it funky. No, I mean, like, I'm thinking like 136-ish or something like that. That's good. I mean, I'm already starting that. to see things around 138-ish. Really? Which is I slower, but yeah. Everything I see, everything I get is going faster still. There is a lot of that. You know? like, God damn, man. Like, why do you make a tribal track at 150? It just doesn't. It sounds terrible. It's a cool track, but it's just the the groove and the funk is gone. That's just it. Like, uh, you know, when you kind of play with tracks and you speed them up or slow them down, you can really figure out what's really, you can <coughs> learn as a producer what's going on in that track. Yeah. And sometimes if you speed it up, it just sounds Mickey Mouse. Okay. And if you speed it down, it loses that roll to it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not even if like from a bias standpoint, but if you have something that's like in the lower to mid 130s, you can actually get away with pitching it up or down a lot more because that's just how the and there's a science to it with the drums and the percussion mm-hmm. and the, the the rhythm to it all. You know the spacing. Well, like um, you said, um, we were talking about yesterday. It's like when when the tracks are or when a DJ set is like comfortable around one thirty, one thirty two. Is like you can play these like old house records and speed them up to one thirty, and they still sound good. Or even tracks yeah. at one forty sped down sound good. I mean, that's the thing. Like. Like you know, we're missing that totally. Like you know, when when you and I were getting into this, and people like uh, I don't know Sims or Claudia Young or all these people, Marco Crowell, were playing three deck sets with all this Congo Bongo shit. They would drop in house tracks all mm-hmm. the time, and that would set the party off. And sometimes maybe it happened too much, and that was lame. But like it was happening, right? Yeah. yeah. And nowadays, like there's none of that. Like showing the inspiration of where these tracks came from. It's like only the fucking mutant version of this yeah, and not yeah. like we're also throwing in Todd Terry or Derek Carter or whatever. Yeah. And that's like, what's really going to set the fucking party off. Yeah. Just one or two of those. If you play more on that, then you're just being lazy. Yeah. But like, how is a, how is a Todd Terry record going to sound at 145 BPM? You know what I mean? Not like, great, my man. Not great. Even, or even, you know, with the, with the CDJ, the pitch yeah. correction thing, it's just going to sound weird. It's just well, it's too sound fast. Right. Yeah. yeah. But when, when they do slow it down and they will, it will, it eventually will. <laughs> eventually. I <laughs> see. When. It doesn't seem like it's slowing down anytime soon, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm wrong about a lot of things, apparently. But uh, <laughs> what I kind of foresee coming, and that's just inevitably because people keep running through shit, is like progressive house will come back. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, 
Progressive House I never really got fully on board with because it was a little too lethargic for me. It was like, you know, any techno track where it starts off the first eight or 16 bars, you're like, yeah, I like what I'm hearing, and then it never changes. Like, there's no, it doesn't step up in energy. It doesn't really step up in a groove. It's just like this sort of empty, drunken sort of thing. But I could kind of see where a progressive house came back or like people take that sort of formula on where it's now finally faster and shit. Kind of like how minimal in the mid aughts changed from what we know as nineties minimal, you know, yeah. not saying that it was uh, actually an upgrade because in most instances it wasn't, <laughs> no. but I could see that happening and that just seems inevitable. Yeah. I mean, also it makes sense to, as the next logical step from tribal techno or tribal whatever, because you can put those congos in the, yeah. And that shit too. Just to go back to like really stripped down. I mean, stuff is pretty stripped down now anyway, but like, yeah. will it get more minimal or is it going to just progress from there and go back to the really atmospheric stuff that was a trend for yeah. a while too? Well, I guess that's why I'm I'm <clears throat> saying, or willing to bet that has some sort of thing to go with progressive house. Cause it's like, it would be stripped down towards minimal, but I don't think minimal is going to come back the way that it uh, was. Yeah. And like, you know, there's nothing really exciting going on in house music right now. So I just see it all kind of converging in this like, you know, maybe 133, 135 type uh, more punchy version of that shit. Who knows? Yeah, no idea. And It's not even something that I want to be right about, to be perfectly yeah. <laughs> honest. It's just kind of what's clicking around in the old brain. Uh, who's your favorite techno DJ and why is it me? Um... It's because he's sexy. Well, there you have it. <laughs> but honestly, favorite techno... I mean, I, I still got to say Ben Sims is up there, man. He's just like... I don't know. Even like... I've been playing together with him for a long time. And when I still sit back and watch him, I'm like, I hate this guy. He's so good. He just mixes everything and blends everything together so well. And I love his track selection. It totally is my sound and my vibe. And he just kills it every time. For me, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think uh, <clears throat> it's cool to see that, you know, because a lot of people, when they made the switch over from records to digital, like CDJs or whatever, um, some were better. Like, I think, for example, for Mills, it was an upgrade, mm, yeah, uh, personally. And then, like, with Sims, who it was so important, like, he doesn't do as much scratching and shit as he used to which i yeah. miss out on but like he still keeps he, he flies through so many tracks and dude um, like a hundred and what a hundred tracks in an hour or something crazy like that i'm like it's a lot what the fuck like when you watch when when you see him make his post on his run at red show and he posts a track list it's like a two-hour show and it's like i don't know 150 tracks or something more maybe more and it's like dude it's insane man totally you know <laughs> I've I've actually gone almost backwards because I used to be like, oh, let's fit as much as as we can. And these mm. days, I'm I probably because I've just been playing deeper shit. I think yeah, when it's deeper, the track you got it. through. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there was a time where I'm like, man, it's got to be at least thirty tracks in an hour or whatever. And I, don't know. I think I get up to like about twenty seven, twenty eight tracks in I, an hour. It's about what I average, like twenty yeah. twenty three to twenty seven something. Yeah, like I mean, that. I mix pretty fast and. And it's just the style that I play. I just play like DJ tool shit, you know, and there's not a lot of progression in the tracks. It's like, bam, just go through them and just try to keep the energy. I mean, I mean, one thing that I noticed with, uh, you know, everybody's in love with 
sort of the 90s techno again mm-hmm. um whether it's like this tribally first cd of dex effects 909 style shit or whatever but like it has it lacks the immediacy of the 90s techno you know whether it was like shuffle master or chris mccormick or whatever like yeah. this just like real fucking poncho thomas chrome like we're going for it right now like yeah. throwing it all on the line yeah that's not so present like it's a very like progressive <clears throat> form of uh the 90s sound so it's like very speedy and fast and uh almost like old zenit or yeah, like yeah. adam bayer stuff the early shit right uh you know dubby and dark and whatnot but not like the fucking uh, in your face kind of stuff yeah or if that does exist it's like a little too in your face yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know maybe that'll come back too actually because like I'm, i feel like we're missing that era where or maybe the the younger producers missed that era where it was like the really kind of gritty 909 just like really raw so even like old like hyperactive stuff totally i feel like we missed that era yeah. Or is it just too hard for kids nowadays? I mean, that shit was pretty hard. But well, hard, hard, and not in the sense, I mean, because kids like hard techno, but it's just like it was different because it was also still funky. And um, like, think it, of like old, uh, what's that one guy I'm trying to think of? Um, oh my God. Well, I, I think you know what I'm talking about, but I just, I don't know why his name is slipping. Well, even like, you oh, know, um, ah, Neil Landstrom. Yeah. Like that Neil Landstrom shit, real from quirky, old peace rock, just like shit. hard nine oh nines, just really jacking kind of stuff. It's like that sound never really yeah. made a comeback. Will Not it? really. No. Do you have the kids discovered that stuff? You know, or even like when you you talk about like space DJs or shit like yeah, that. You know, too. like uh, just kind of like real like just really gritty. going for it party music. Yeah. Like um, the track didn't build up to nothing. Like when you started that record, it was just right off the bat, just yeah. just like, oh shit, there's nowhere to go from there. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, you know, when you, especially when you talk about like maybe some of the Portuguese producers and stuff like that, it's pretty obvious that they were listening to like a lot of like monolink and zinc and like that yeah. kind of Swedish style stuff. Yeah, yeah. But their stuff is more clean, you know what I mean? It's like well, that's what I'm getting at. But like, yeah. it doesn't. They don't have that quite no, like the grit. There's not that grit to it. Yeah, yeah. like they're they're focused on their production sound really nice and clean and punchy, mm-hmm. which is great. But it's like, who's making the dirty shit? Like, I don't know. I can't think of anyone that off the top of my head that's doing stuff like that. Actually, there's that one guy. Oh man, well, there's like headphone panel and shit. Headphone like panel, yeah. I love that shit. But they put out a record every two years or something. Like something they don't like really that, do anything. Yeah. No, this guy Kaspitsky or something. Oh, yeah. He's got a new album. Is it a he? Coming. She? I don't know. I'm not sure to be but honest. That person is making some like really grimy stuff, and it's like that feels like the '90s stuff. It's, it might be even an older person making the tracks. Yeah, I don't and know. I have no, no idea who it is though. Yeah. But like some of their some of the tracks I've been playing from them is like been it's been really good and it reminds me of the nineties. I'm like, yeah, this is like that raw grittiness that's been missing or that people haven't like mm-hmm. really discovered yet, you know? It was the that that vibe was before the phrase even existed, like let's fucking go. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, I mean? exactly. like that's that music summed up. Yeah. You know, but back then all the white people weren't shouting that every five minutes no. you know what I mean? <laughs> where the hell did that phrase come from by the way it just seemed like pop where up. or when well both i mean i, I think it's got to be probably from the 
It's from sports. Douchiest people you can imagine. I don't even know. Like, I was thinking frat boys, but at the same time, like, it's very infectious, and we all can agree. I know, but it's just like, but it's such a, it's such a like basic term. But for some reason, I just hear everyone let's fucking go, and I'm like, what the hell? Why did this become a thing? Like, someone had, someone famous had to have said it, and that's, and that's why it became a thing. I don't understand. Well, what comedian was it? They said that that was like the white people version of what? Oh, that's Mark Bar or something. (laughs) (laughs) Which is true, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, it was Mark Norman. (laughs) I don't know. It's, but at at the same time, I, but. the problem with me is I'll take like uh, no cap and dead ass and stuff like you hear about this. You're like, this is so bullshit. You say it and then but you oh, say that shit's it like, fire. But then it ends up permeating into my regular discussion. But I feel like you, you don't use it as in like, you say it like kind of like I as a joke. It, yeah. Like if I don't say bro. If I say bro, like I'm deliberately yeah, trying yeah. to draw on that. You know yeah, exactly. I mean? but, like I, I will never say no cap. I'll say it like just to be in it like a, like, just to be an idiot. Yeah, like, but no I will cap, say bro. something's fire, and I'm like, is that French toast really fire? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I will never. This, here's the funny thing: I will, I will type fire on someone's like track and comments, but I will never say it in person. I would say, "Yo, that shit was fire." Yeah, I'll, I'll type <laughs> two fire emojis, but I'm never going to say get fire. Three, fire. If you get three fire emojis, that means that your shit's literally lit. <laughs> yeah, but it's like if it's three fire emojis, is that flirtatious? Like, how many fire emojis is it before you're like, I'm down if you're down? Oh, I don't know. Good question. Yeah, that's a question. Ask the audience. Call in. You should call in if you know the answer to that. Yeah, or like you know, <laughs> if you if you uh, like if the new truncate DJ mix comes out and you do the emoji smiley with the hard eyes, is it like oh. I heart your mix or like? You want to hook up? Exactly, you know? <laughs> and then it's awkward because somebody slides into somebody's DMs and, you know. Uh, I don't get enough people sliding into my DMs, unfortunately. Well, there you go. If you, <laughs> if you no, feel like if actually, you've been waiting for that moment. Actually, a lot of people slide into my DMs, but 99% of it is, hey, can you listen to my demo or where can exactly. I send a demo? <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. Like, I don't... I, I don't really fuck with DMs as much as I used to because sometimes it starts off super innocent. Um, like, oh, uh, the story is funny or that happened mm. to me too or whatever. And you're like, yeah, ha, ha. But then they want to have a conversation and then it turns you're into like, oh, listen shit. to my DJ mixes. Yeah. <laughs> and even if that was like once or twice, you know, you're like, oh, whatever. But it is all the time, nonstop. And then you're like, cool, I just wasted an hour talking to people I don't know about <laughs> things I'll never sign. You know, it's just not going anywhere. And as you get a little older, you don't have the time to dedicate to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that and like people, you know, you have the quick little chat with some person and then they send you a demo and you're like, oh, cool, I'll check it out. And then I'll close Instagram and then completely forget about it. And then two weeks later, you see like a message pop up from that person. Hey, did you listen to the demo? I'm like, oh, crap. I completely yeah. forgot about this. That's why I always tell people, like, don't send me a demo on Instagram because I will f- easily forget. I'm like, email it. It's exactly. there and I see it all the time. Versus the Instagram message, up. DMs fill up and it's gone. Like yeah. within two days, that message is way at the bottom. And it's like, yeah, dude, I can't, I can't do demos. Yeah. I mean, we got a mutual friend recently. I was talking to him. He's like, yo, this guy uh, reached out for feedback, somehow got his phone number and keeps blowing him up nonstop. Oh like, goodness. how come you haven't listened to this shit? And it's just like, dude give it up man yeah you know no but you know there, there's also it's interesting because there, there's <laughs> starting to be like a little bit of a market for people who um 
give professional feedback. Like, you know, if, like if you and I sit here and be like, listen, hit up our Patreon or our OnlyFans right now. We're People gonna pay for that? Yeah. We could start it right now. We could go on Instagram and be like, we'll listen to your tracks. We'll tell you why they suck or why they're great. And then, you know. But is it like as a joke or like they'll shit on your tracks or like it's actually like. No, like uh, really I think you need to beef up the base, whatever, criticism. consultation. Oh, and honestly, I don't. I don't really have a problem with that because no, no, I know. Uh, it sounds. I wish I had that resource when I was younger. In yeah, fact. yeah. But like, I can see why that's popping up because it's hard to get good feedback. I mean, even these days, I don't send my music to most people because either uh, they just don't care, or you know, they do care, but they're like, "Yeah, it sounds good," and then that's it. Like, they're <laughs> never gonna say no. It's shit or whatever. And I'm like, "Well, this isn't." Uh, this isn't going anywhere. And when I do give feedback, I try to be pretty honest. And sometimes that pisses people off because I'm not saying like, oh, this is garbage. Yeah. But I'd be like, I think you need to really rework this. And you, you find out they weren't looking for your feedback. They were looking for praise. the confirmation or <laughs> no, praise, yeah. you know? But come on, dude. Like you can't, you can't be a producer and send to a label and expect them to be like, okay, they're either not going to sign it or they're only going to give like, only positive feedback, you know I'm mean? like, this is great, but it's not for me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, most of the time when I send feedback, I don't get super constructive. Honestly, I'll just be like, look, cool track, but doesn't fit my label or, uh, there's good ideas in this track, but it, the sound, the sound quality is not there. That's yeah. usually a lot of the times that's what it is. Me too. I'm like, yeah, it's a cool man, but the track just, the mix needs to be fixed. Or needs to be worked on. And then they come back with the new version and it sounds worse. Or you know what I mean? And it's just like then I'm like, I can only do so much for you. I can't dedicate all this time for you and for a track that's just okay, you know? When I hear some real potential, then yeah, I'll spend more time with that person. But other than that, I'm just like, hey man, cool. Another I'm sure another label will sign Mm -hmm. this. I can see another label signing this, but just not for me. Well, I I think that's the other part is a lot of people don't realize that uh you know, your email is going to be the one where you say, oh, man, um, this just isn't for me. And then if you were to do the detailed feedback, which takes a lot of time and energy, yeah. and like, because if you're going to put the time and you want to make sure they can develop off of it. But that's not the only person that that's uh, happening to that week. Like, you might have a mailbox of 30 or 40 people. Do all the time. And after a while, you're like, you spend the whole afternoon going through feedback, and it's like, listen, uh, I'm... I'm happy to help people, but I just burned a whole afternoon, which uh, <laughs> I I lost time to do the things I need to do. Like there's yeah. no benefit to me at all on this. And you could just do that all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And sometimes they'll come back. Like if I get a demo and I say, it's not for me or yeah, it's okay, but it just wasn't like pushing the right buttons for me. Then be like, is there, can you give feedback on what I can improve on? And I'm like, oh man, like it's going to be a whole paragraph of shit. And totally. on top of that, you're like trying to, but you it know, doesn't end there either. No, it doesn't. Then it comes back, what about this, this? And then yeah, you just, yeah. then that open communication like, yeah. is what makes it difficult, yeah. you know? And on top of that, I'm like trying to go through promos. And then like, then I re- now I realize now with the whole downloader for Richie Hutton thing, I'm like, oh yeah, because this guy probably has no fucking time. So he has someone else doing the promos for him. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't go through my promos and like make a specific feedback for every promo. It's just impossible. It's hundreds so yeah. I always leave, there's like two or three lines that I use yeah. when I like something. That's what I put every time. And it's like, yeah, I get it now. I can't, I can't listen to demos and give you constructed criticism 
and then listen to a promo and be like, oh, I really love the way this track build up to this and just like the A1, this, that. I'm like, no, dude, I don't have the time to do that, man. It's pretty tough. Sorry, yeah. Dude. Sorry, guys. That's what 99% of the DJs downloading your music do the same thing. <laughs> I mean, like, if I bought a record today that I just really was in love with, my the what would be going on in my simple ass, I would be like, oh, this track's sick. That's all I would say <laughs> yeah. about it. I wouldn't really say like, uh, I, I mean, eventually me you listen to it a few times, you're like, man, it's so fucking cool how those drums are processed or whatever nerdy yeah, shit. But yeah. like, that's not going to be the first thing that comes in my head. I'm just like, I want to listen to this again. Yeah. Or not, <laughs> exactly. you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's very time consuming. People don't realize that. Um, I didn't really ask, uh, I didn't really even prepare for today because that's how professional I am. So we, we went to it's the good. internet the for yeah, sometimes well, you know, too. It's good. Try to ask a couple questions online to see if anybody had anything. <laughs> Problem is, is it's like 5 a.m. in America. It's and it's Sunday, Sunday. afternoon here. So like <laughs> nobody's kicking around. People are either still partying or sleeping and hungover. And Exactly. There's like, are you coming over? No, we're not. <laughs> no. Um, this is an easy one. Next release from your side. You got anything coming up? From my side, like my music or like my label? I guess I'll Say answer both. both. Um, label wise, yes, there's always new music. I have literally have like EPs lined up for the next year, <laughs> which oh, is shit. pretty rad. Yeah. A lot of cool shit. Um, the most recent one was from uncertain. Then next month I have Lauren Flax on work tracks and this guy meta pattern, this guy, Peter, who I think he's fairly new. I know he put out an EP on Mord recently or, or an yeah. album actually. Well, it was like kind of fucked up trippy shit right yeah very yeah, modular really cool shit and his ep for my label uh i really like it it's a bit on the deeper side um i have an ep that i've made for ben sims the label hard groove like over a year ago i think it's supposed to come out this year well, we'll see he's been playing one of the tracks like he played in his bbc radio one mix and uh a lot of people have been asking me for it um but I don't know the release date. Um, and then tons of remixes. I've been doing a lot of remixes because I just can't make an original track to save my life. We've had this discussion before. I just haven't been inspired to make anything. Well, <clears throat> I've been inspired to make music. I just haven't made anything I really liked. <laughs> so that's an issue. But I'm trying and I'm trying to work on stuff. Some collabs. I've been trying to finish one of them with Hertz Collision. Shout out to Francesco. Um, that's been in the works for like a year. <laughs> but yeah, it I mean, time. when it happens, it happens. Yeah, I'm not going to force it. I don't want to put out something just to put it out either. Like I want to actually like what I make. And it's just few and far in between these days. That's just what it is. You brought up a veil point though. You're saying like tracks that you're not particularly happy with. My first question would be like, well, what would make you happy? But I guess if you knew, you'd be writing those tracks more regularly. True. So I guess how I would pivot to that then is, do you find yourself as you get a little older and you've released a bunch of shit that like you're slowing down and you want them to count a little more? Or, yes, 100%. You know? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I want them to count more. I want to feel them a bit more. Um, not that I never, it's not that I didn't feel the music I released before. But yeah, like this time it's like I've put out so much. I have a, such a vast back catalog. 
So like if someone out there is just discovering truncate, like bro, just dig and mm-hmm. you can find tons of shit. I mean, I mean, it's not going to be as fast as it is now, but you can still play a lot of that stuff now. Yeah. Even at higher BPMs. But yeah, I just want to make shit that sounds good to me. And, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to satisfy a specific sound anymore. Like I, I it's going to sound like truncate, but I'm not trying to make shit just to be current. And you know what I mean? Like, I want this shit to be fucking slapping, but where I'm happy with it. Not just to put out a record, just to put something out. I get it. Yeah. But is, it's safe to say that you'll probably have some EPs at some point. For sure, man. I got tons of sketches <laughs> that I need to finish that I've just been having trouble finishing and, and uh, sequencing them and um, organizing them to where I'm just happy with them. I just haven't been. I got loops for days, man, that are dope. But to where to take that loop is where I'm having trouble. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. You know, there's that sweet spot. You got to find the studio where you're like, you're really feeling it. And it's coming together. But if you kind of screw with it too long and you haven't arranged it yet, then you lose it. Yeah. I've had that happen so many times. But that's where I, that's what I do. Generally, I just move on to the next project, you know, and see if something will spark uh, some inspiration on the next track, you know. And like I was having a discussion with you earlier, is like, Hopefully me being in Berlin, away from my studio and being in a different environment, I can like, you know, I borrowed a couple of pieces of your gear. Hopefully it'll spark some inspiration. Mm-hmm. I can lay down some ideas to take home and finish in my studio and hopefully have like a few EPs this year. Cause I literally have not released an EP in over a year. It's been a long <laughs> it's time. It's almost two now. years. Was it, was the token the last one or what was the last one? The last EP was, uh, the Basil one on my label in, 2022 summer oh shit yeah. yeah it's almost two years wild yeah yeah it's time man i've been doing remixes but yeah. eps nothing almost two years now or like a year and a half now yeah i got shit laid down man i just need to i gotta make them dope that's the thing and i get I'm having trouble with that yeah. yeah i mean i could echo the same sentiments i got <clears throat> something coming up not too far off yeah, on the horizon busy, here. Yeah. Well, I started to, and then I got caught up with running this festival. Yeah, you but, got um, big shit going too. I uh, I have a record coming on Blueprints again, a follow up to the last one. Um, How many EPs is that on? It'll James be the label? second. Second. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I like the first one for sure. I kind of think uh, the I like the second stronger. one even more. It's yeah. stronger. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it. it trying to think of when i wrote all the tracks if they're all brand new or not i think there's a couple old ones and a couple new ones or yeah because the one there's one i've been playing that when i had the demo was called drums up yeah that's the that's the title track now congo bongo shit well it's not called that but yeah yeah. that kind of stuff um and ironically that one that's one of those tracks that came together in like two three hours it's not one of those rework on i played that in cologne on friday that shit bang dude that's good. right on the so, system man that kick drum punched really nice thank you I was like, Oof, yeah. um yeah so I'm, I'm pretty happy about that but at the same time that was actually the last stuff i did well i did a blueprint ep and then i did my records album in 2021 mm. studio got robbed in 2022 <laughs> and then but i was also working on all that pop shit in between so then i just when I did have free time, yeah, yeah, that and Sid Saram and whatnot. And oh yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, now I'm back on the techno train. This is the first shit that I think one or two yeah is from the new studio, but for the most part, I'm just 
updating old stuff that was kind of in the the path. Mm. And yeah, I definitely have other shit that I want to release, but like you were saying, you kind of you get a little older and you want to make them count more. You just you don't need to put out everything. Yeah. But at the same time, I have a lot of shit where I'm like, I kind of want this to not sit on my hard drive only. It doesn't hurt to release it either. But like you, you want to be at least somewhat happy with what you put out. Yeah, too. it's like <clears throat> you know the hip hop kids for the longest time they were putting all like the mixtapes, mm-hmm. you know, where it was just half ass sketches or full songs that were outliers or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's what's going to be the next move. You know, like that mixtape uh, techno dude, that Prince of Denmark dude or Dudette or whoever the Prince of Denmark is. I would assume it's male and considering guy, yeah. the term, but uh, you know. They just kind of put out SoundCloud mixes of their tracks, mm. which is a damn shame. I wish it was... Like recently? Or- yeah. Uh, well, there was one like, uh, I don't know, six months ago or something. There's oh, a few okay. really good stuff for like if you're, you got a few friends over on your party or whatever, it's <clears> low key. But I mean, it's at that point, just put the shit up on Bandcamp. I would definitely yeah. play some of those out for sure. You mm. know? But uh, yeah, that, that might be a new idea right there. Kids, if kids are listening to this. Totally, Mixed or Prince of Denmark, or put Prince that Denmark. fucking Yo, shit out so we can you know. send me a promo. Exactly. <laughs> uh, DM me. Hang on, let's see what's uh, what's on this list for other stuff that people were asking about. When are you coming to England? Do you have any? English, uh, English I actually things? have a gig in Newcastle. Um, I think it's in April. Hold on a second. Yeah, Newcastle, April fifth. Okay, there you go. Um, world headquarters. I don't know. I don't think I've ever been to Newcastle. I don't yeah, know I, I don't really. Even, I don't. I haven't been in England since the pandemic. I think like once. I did a gig in Birmingham. The last time I was there, <laughs> or uh, twice actually. I played years. at the Egg, and there was some terrorist attack or something. Like <sighs> something about a Jeez. bridge. I don't even remember, but it was. I, I played the egg just before the pandemic in Is February. It, I don't even know if it's still open. I don't, it's I don't still keep open. Up anymore. Yeah, it's still open. Right on. Um, yeah, so I'm probably never coming back. <laughs> what do you dislike about each other from flaws? Uh, uh, dislike. That's I well. Don't know. You live far away. I dislike about that. Good I also that's good. I, I dislike that you're pro Israel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not. Don't fucking cancel him or anything. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, dislike. I don't know. I I can't think of anything. Uh, like maybe the pillows that you're gonna have to sleep on. I don't know. I swear I'm gonna order some new ones. But no, the pillows are comfortable too. All right. Damn, Dustin's a perfect guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish I could marry him. Yes. Oh, we can actually. We could. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to at some point. Uh, have you guys noticed this hard techno craze? I haven't noticed anything. Oh wait. Oh really? Lo- losing some steam. I know I oh. have. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Losing steam? Not in LA. Well, but it's shifting. Well, LA, America's always a little behind, though. True. And not even talking shit. It's just a different yeah, yeah, continent. Yeah, yeah, true. You know? I, I, I feel like may, maybe in Europe it might be losing a little bit, but it's still pretty massive. I don't know. I mean, Steve says in Minneapolis that it's kind of picking up steam. Things yeah. are definitely a little bit behind there. In LA, too, it's but, definitely the yeah. same. It's like still, you know, tons of... Uh, big events like massive events that are selling out so i don't see it slowing i mean it. like uh insomniac and all that they're kind of picking they're up on that, on that too, shit too yeah man. yeah 100%. I, I don't i you know the thing is i think kind of like uh dubstep even though it's maybe not 
um, as popular as it was, it kind of just carved its own niche and is <clears throat> never going away sort of thing, you know, like bass music, let's just say. And I, I really think like this world of hard dance, pop edit type shit, that's just going to, it's its own microcosm now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just hate that it's associated with techno. I don't like that. But yeah, you know, no, I have no control. The terminology, that. people are always doing that shit. It was the same with minimal. They called uh a Carl Craig track, minimal peace division, minimal. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. It was just like, well, it was stripped down mm-hmm. or minimal adjacent or something, but you know, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Um, people want to hear more fun. Actually, it's all, all these questions are studio stuff. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. I think cause people are just gonna be like, I'm going to go do my work now. Yeah. You got any opinions on the whole AI thing? Uh, regarding music? Music, whatever, uh, in general. Um, you know, what I, the, the thing is, like, I, I want to hate it, and I kind of do because I feel like people can take shortcuts in, like, creating, creating tracks with AI, but Man. I also, like, mess around with a little bit of it, and just like we were talking before we're like making vocals or isolating vocals from tracks and it's, it's like a lot oh of fun. shit man this is totally. scary too dude because like what's gonna happen where uh <clears throat> obviously the technology is gonna get better and then you can just literally mimic any producer you want totally like make me a kick make me a kick drum that sounds like truncate because that's usually the number one question i it's get gonna asked get there like, yeah, yeah. Dude. Most Which, of the time, in fact, I I got a question asking about your fucking <coughs> how kick do I drums. make a kick we'll, we'll drum that sounds there. like truncate? And it's like, great, now you can just make AI do that. And it's like, yeah, you don't even need. Actually, what's going to happen to people that do like master classes? <laughs> you won't right? even need those anymore. Like how to do better splice searches. <laughs> this is going to be like, uh, make my mix sound like Chris Lord <laughs> CL. What's the CLA? CL- Chris, Chris Lord Elge or something. LG, yeah. yeah, I'm like, make my mix down sound like this, or you know what I mean? It's like, fuck, dude. Totally. I don't know. I mean, when it comes down to it, like, I'm actually pro splice. <laughs> I think it's cool to have this crazy repository of all this, like, royalty free samples that you can manipulate because not everything, sometimes you just want to make music for fun. Yeah. Or, like, all you need is a fucking one hit kick drum or a little vocal thing or whatever. I don't use it a whole lot, but I, I have. Yeah. And usually I've used it more for non-techno stuff. And then I'll, like if I steal a bass line loop, I'll have a bassist replay it or something. Yeah. But you know, even if you don't go that far, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. But then now they do have this thing where actually uh, they have a, I haven't tried it, but like an AI-assisted tool where you just pick a few uh, loops and then it'll put the fucking track together for you. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's as easy as it. I kind of want to try it just for fun. Cause and I it's like, only going to get better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like this AI shit's only in the last year. Mm-hmm. What? When did chat GPT come out? Yeah. <laughs> but even then that like some of these like, or, you know, I like to do mid journey you type this in and sometimes you get just amazing results and other times just like, Oh yeah, this technology is still an infant stage, you know? But I do mid-journey for like just to make a, like random ideas for artwork, like album yeah, artwork yeah. and stuff. I, it's really cool. Yeah, I'm like, damn, this is crazy, dude. And it's like such in the, such early stages where it's only going to get better. You can get way more specific. And yeah, it's kind of scary at the same time. Totally. Yeah, because someone can just be like, make me a track that sounds like Dustin's on mixed with a little bit of Radio Slave and like 
I don't know, mixed down like truncate. And yeah. You just get well, like, bam. And then you can probably it will be spit out into stems and then you can fuck with it in your own ways. Totally. Dude, we're well, screwed. It, it's funny because there was a command prompt thing because there's a million of these out there. But I yeah. do I do remember one specifically I put in like uh, make a loop that sounds like Radio Slave and it kind of, it wasn't far off. It was like stripped down and like sort of hypnotic. Mm -hmm. Obviously shit, but like it yeah. got the idea. Yeah. Try like devious one and it totally missed the mark. Yeah. Just, like I think it was even like Game Boy drum and bass type shit, like not even in the realm. You know what I mean? So then it, it definitely misses the mark, but there is interesting uses for it. Can you close that door actually? Keep it a little toasty in here. I don't know. Like for me, every time I start using AI, it ends up not being for proper use. Well, it has ended up in, in albums and stuff that I've worked on as like a a tool rather than having it write it's everything. Like, it's like but, trying to find the right sample. You can just keep typing into the prompt to get until you hit something that sounds good. Totally. Well, <laughs> you have no, you don't have to do any work other than typing something. Yeah. And then re and refresh or redo this, redo that. I mean, well, my, my favorite thing lately is I've been taking, uh, there's this program which will, you can record your vocal or your impersonation in, and then it'll replace it with a celebrity voice based on the AI <laughs> yeah, model. Yeah. I did this that with Dave. Hilarious. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I have it on my phone. Um, yeah, he did Barack Obama and uh, who else? But it, it, my whole thing was it's got to be canceled celebrities redoing, like, uh, for example, dance acapellas yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. I did. Oh, he did Joe Rogan. Is too. This, this Ladies work? and gentlemen. Is this coming in? Alex Jones covering Welcome. Danny Tenaglia. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a good one. Welcome. <laughs> I'm your DJ. And I'm going to take you on a tour. <laughs> that shit, you know, like for me, it's fun just to do yeah. shit that's never going to come out. Like, I think you should take technology and make the stupidest shit possible. <laughs> Yeah, but for now, yeah, you have fun with it, but eventually it's going to be so good where you're going to have to use it to, you know, get some result that you can't on your own, you know, totally. your own ideas. Oh, yeah, of course, you know. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be crazy, dude. Well, just like the whole AI thing with Spotify where there's like apparently all this like AI created music that Spotify pushes. So like they don't spend on any money on labels. <laughs> yeah, totally. All this money goes nowhere. It just goes back to them, streaming, mm -hmm. reve streaming revenue. They don't spend any licensing money or anything like that. It's fucking wild, man. You know, and the thing is, is like with AI, um, you're talking about all the deep fakes and stuff like that. And people were kind of, at least in America, they were ignoring it for quite a while. And then like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, all the Taylor Swift deep fakes porn stuff rolled out and immediately that's when the government's like all right we're gonna do something about <laughs> yeah, this yeah but i mean how long before movies are completely made with ai well that's like, just you don't need actors and all this shit you know like, uh, that's what they were kind of protesting protesting against absolutely right? well just you know when i was looking for stupid news things to maybe rift on um I forget who it was. This one girl was saying that she was pissed off that they used her voice without even asking her because she signed away shit in her contract, you know? Yeah. Um, they did the AI thing, and uh, that would piss me off too, you know? Yeah. I mean, technically speaking, I don't even want to suggest that idea because there's people on the <laughs> on the show that'll do it. <laughs> Imagine that, like, someone can just have... 
a podcast with anyone and well, just, and just be AI. And be like, I have Dustin Zahn here with me. Hey, how's it going? It's well, just, I could redo this entire podcast <laughs> yeah. where it's like uh, Obama and Trump going yeah, back yeah, and having forth. having the same conversation. Maybe I should and put that on Patreon <laughs> or something. That would be fucking good. Like right? I have Trump here talking about kick drums and fucking AI. And oh man, that might. If I start talking a Patreon, about Quelza that's gonna be the first. Fucking <laughs> who's gonna be? Who's like? Who's a? Who's a hot techno producer right now? Yeah. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna see if any other uh, little questions popped in quickly here. Otherwise, we're gonna jump to the studio shit. Yeah. All right, can you share some advanced tips for kick processing chain? Well, there's nothing advanced about it for me. Um, I technically like to keep my my kick drums fairly unprocessed. A um, little bit of distortion, a little bit of compression, um, some kick drum layering. Nothing, honestly, that everyone asks me this question all the time. And when I, tell, when I explain it to them, they go, that's it? Yep, that's it. 909, maybe with like an 808 filtered under the 909, a little bit of compression and distortion, and that's it. But obviously, you, you need to pitch it to where it fits the trash too, the track too. So there's a little pitch changing in there, but really, yeah. I I use mostly 909 kick drums. Well, I, I think the problem is a lot of people go out and they hear something, they then they perceive it a different way. Mm-hmm. And there's actually something called perceived bass. Best way to explain this is like, let's say you're a techno producer or a techno fan and you hear a techno track in a car and the bass just does, it hits whatever. But then you put on some like old school hip hop track with that 808 and it just fucking booms. And you're Mm -hmm. like, wow, how come my techno music doesn't do that? Mm -hmm. Even though you think that like, because it's louder, it's somehow hitting lower, it's actually higher in the frequency range. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because those cars can't handle the low the really bass low so sub much. Bass, yeah. But it feels bassy because it's just higher, which means it's more powerful technically. And it's so, the same in the clubs. Yeah. Like when you certain totally. certain kick drums that are not really low and subby, mm-hmm. they just pop through the sound system so much better. Totally. You yeah. know, like I've been working with Marcel in the studio a lot and everybody loves his bass, for example. But and, yeah, his kick drums and bass lie in that range where it just like pops through like it's, it's not it's really, more audible yeah you yeah know? it's not like, super sub heavy you're talking things that are in the 130 <clears throat> to 300 hertz yeah. range which is actually like, like punch in the chest sometimes a no zone you know yeah, yeah. um so I, th- I think the reason that people maybe think automatically that your kicks are so incredible or powerful is because you actually leave the space for them to just to do what they're supposed to do. Exactly. And you know, like you're ducking things where they need to duck. Yeah. And so it's like, even though the kick sticks out, what they really are latching onto is the, the negative space or whatever. And exactly. they just don't realize exactly. that, you know? And I don't like, and another thing, like I said, is I, I don't over process the, the drum track. You know what I mean? Like I, if I put compression on my drum track, I'm doing it in parallel. So it's not like really squashing the shit out of everything too. Cause I want my kick drum to have, like, if you look at the waveform, you can identify the kick drum in the waveform. You know what I mean? It's like this square block of, of, of everything smashed together. Totally. And the kick's always slightly louder in the mix too. Cause like, that's the focus of the track too. Absolutely. You know? Um, <clears throat> and the, the other thing is, is like, if you do, uh, if you have a track that's 
for a while, remember every track had like the rumble kick in, mm. in it, you know? If you do those, then if if it's a focal element, then really you probably should put more effort into like the, the reverb and all the shit that comes with it. But mm-hmm. if it's really like not the focal point of the track, then don't worry about making it so powerful. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Because you can't have, you can't really have a rumbly kick with the long decay and then a bass line. Mm-hmm. It's just going to sound super muddy and all your mix is going to be taken up by these two elements, mm-hmm. bass and kick drum. You know, and the other thing, I mean, I, I'm all about making your own shit, but honestly, at the end of the day, if you're talking about something so simple and stupid as like just a simple kick drum, mm-hmm. uh, maybe what I'm about to say is controversial, but just take a fucking sample. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? I like, still what, use samples for kick drums sometimes. Like why, why go through all this effort to like carve something out where you're like, dude, if you already like that kick, just use, use that kick yeah. and then make, wrong with that. make an actual track out of it. Cause yeah. if the kick isn't that big of a deal, mm-hmm. then nobody cares. You just make sure that the track is yours and it's awesome. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. I think some people try to put too much emphasis and try to make everything by scratch. I don't fucking do that. I don't make everything by scratch. Sometimes I want a conga loop. I'll find a conga loop. I'm not going to sit there and, sequence a conga loop you know from yeah. scratch sometimes it's like i'll just grab this one it's fine it's, that's what they're for yeah i'm not against that at all but i am against people just grabbing samples of like a synth loop and then just dropping in a track and then that's it and just like dude you know not making it chop own. it up a bit you know put something on it filter it put a eq or i don't know do something to yeah. it I mean, we'll just take the shortcut every time like it's it's okay to do it every once in a while but like make it your own as well one thing I think that a lot of people are doing now because they're doing all the Congo Bongo techno is um, Congo Bongo. <laughs> that sounds funny. Donkey Kong shit. Uh, basically, you know, find you don't even need to go on Splice or whatever. You could go on YouTube and dig up uh, whatever African tribal just sessions or whatever. Take twenty second recording of that. You throw it in a splicer in Ableton and then have a sequencer re-randomize yep. it. Yep. And the thing that's cool about that is that like because you, each slice is going to have its own humanization or different mm-hmm. pitch or tone or whatever. So it's like you get a lot of variations, but it all actually sounds like it's coming from the same place because it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just throw a bunch of random sounds into a drum kit, it's going to sound like it's taken from too many different columns. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, you don't have to work <clears throat> as hard to make it feel like it. It's naturally supposed to be there. Yeah, exactly. You know? It then, sounds more natural. Totally. I mean, it, it you get all works the different really velocities well. and hits. Yeah, definitely. So that would be my suggestion on that. Well, shit, man. I realize uh, we're hitting the two-hour mark here. Wow. Of uh, wasting people's time. <laughs> are, is anyone tuning still? For, if you're still listening, thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be thanks more of these. Listening to our Dave will be back. I'm sure. Our r- rambles and rants and. Boomer rants, techno yeah, boomers boomer rants for sure. Uh, yeah, so um, <coughs> everybody have a good one. Did you have anything you had to plug before DJ Mix? Is there anything? Um, I got a. I'm gonna have a CLR podcast coming out in March. Um, some in the first two weeks, I believe, and then uh, another podcast for this deephouse.it. They've been asking me for a couple of years. That's coming out in May, so. And then just, you know. Is that going to be Deep House? No. Okay. It's just. That's the name. That's the, the name company. of the podcast. 
Um, and then, yeah, you know, just follow my, my label for a bunch of music that's coming out. Basically every month there's a new EP. I'm sure there'll be something you'll like in there. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Sweet. I don't have shit coming out. In fact, I'm going on vacation in the morning, so I'm checking out for a month. Baller. Uh, But anyway, we're both doing parties with our homies uh, in Detroit at the end of May. I'm on Friday night at Leland with uh, Metaphysica. We're Sunday. He's doing Sunday with Observe. Tickets are on RA for both of those nights, so come check it out. If you see us around, uh, come say hello. Say hello, buy us a drink. Exactly. (laughs) All right, everybody, have a good one. Peace.